Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the very tacky Tyler Dean. I am not tacky. You are tacky I as all get tacky. out. You are very tacky. Tyler Tyler is a, a little grumpy today. He's he's grumpy. A grumpy little troll. Yeah, he ooh, that's a he's a grumpy little troll. And that's kind of what Tyler's been lately. He's making me kind of sad. I was just talking to him before we went on the air about he, he just seems mad at the world. I don't know what's going on. Tyler Tyler has not been his usual himself these last couple of weeks. Maybe it's just you. Maybe. I don't know. Have I been irritating you? I'm calling you out on the air here. Jury's still out. Oh, what a jerk. What a <laughs> jerk. No, we're, 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 Tyler, week two, man. We we had a wild one in week two. Week two. week two was, well, well, that's just because your Ravens lost. I don't know what was more, what would be considered more painful. A, a Ravens loss or a Vikings tie because Dan Carlson doesn't know how to kick a field goal. He's not the only one. <clears throat> yeah, I guess. I don't know. <clears throat> it was a tough day at the office for, for, uh, both of our boys here. Uh, week two is a wild one, though. We got a lot of a lot of stuff going on. I mean, post week two, a lot of teams making knee jerk reactions. A lot of teams making moves to to that are they're citing problems and they're fixing them right away. I mean, we're seeing a lot of things going on. A lot of trash talk. Um, kind of an exciting exciting time for football. I mean, we were so bored. I remember we were so bored in preseason time, and now we're we're in week two and. Uh, Jesus, Pete. Jesus, Pete, man. It's going crazy. Everything's just kind of blown up. Welcome to football. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back to football. Yep. So uh, week two, Tyler, we've got some scores to recap here. Very, very exciting, exciting times. Are you ready, Tyler, to recap some scores? Leave it off. Let's go for it. First and foremost, week two, Ravens at Bengals and uh, the, the Bungles. The Bungles go up on your Ravens, Tyler, 34-23. to 23. Um, Kind of a rough outing for Joe Flacco, 32 for 55, 376. The Ravens were playing from behind the entire game. Flacco winds up with two touchdowns, two picks. Um, couldn't get the running game going at all. Alex Collins. Well, was, that kind of happened with uh, them going down 21 nothing very early. Mm-hmm. So the big story here is C.G. Mosley's injury. That's going to be something to watch. Yes, Alex Collins led the team in rushing nine carries for 35 yards. But through the air, John Brown. Pays, tibid- pays dividends with that signing. Four receptions, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Mike Crabtree had five for 56. Alex Collins, three for 55. Willie Sneed, five for 54. And Javorius Allen, five for 36. You know, we saw a lot of that spreading the ball out in the preseason, and we're seeing it a lot throughout the season now. Um, Andy Dalton goes 24 for 42. Not the best accuracy, but he does pick up 265 yards, four touchdowns. Joe Mixon shows some guts on the ground. 21 carries, 84 yards. Tyler Boyd uh, led the lead, led the team in receiving six receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. The big story here: AJ Green gets in the get in the end zone three times, five receptions, 60 for 69 yards. CJ Uzoma, three receptions, 45 yards. As Cincinnati takes the the Baltimore Ravens to one and one, and Cincinnati sitting at two and two or two and zero oh on the to start out the year. I hope they end up two and two. Yeah, well, they start out two and zero oh on the year. That's pretty wild. Tyler, what you got for me, man? We have the Chiefs at Pittsburgh. The Chiefs go up and the Steelers 42-37. 
Patrick Mahomes has himself a game going 23 for 28, 326, and six touchdowns. Huge surprise. Six touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had 18 carries and 75 yards. And Travis Kelsey led the team in yards, had seven receptions and 109 yards and two touchdowns. Sammy Watkins also had six receptions and 100 yards. And then Tyreek Hill, Chris Conley, Kareem Hunt, Demarcus Robinson, Damian Williams, I'm sorry, not Damian Williams, all got, all, all also got touchdowns on top of Kelsey's too. Patrick Mahomes got the ball out there, got the touchdowns everywhere. On the Steelers' side, Big Ben also had a, had a fairly good game. Had, it went 39 for 60, 452 yards, three touchdowns. James Conner led, led the team with eight carries and 17 yards, had a touchdown. Ben Roethlisberger had, had, had a touchdown run. And then on the receiving end, Jesse James had five receptions and 138 yards and a touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster had 13 receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Big game for Smith-Schuster there. Oh, yeah. What do you got, Scott? Uh, the Miami Dolphins extend to 2-0, beating the New York football Jets. Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw for a whole lot of yardage, but he sure knows how to get in the end zone. 17 for 23, 168 yards, two touchdowns. Kenyon Drake also had 11 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tannehill spread the ball out a little bit, got to Albert Wilson, 3 for 37 for a touchdown. And Danny Amendola got some catches, too, four receptions for 32 yards. Over on the Jets' side, a disastrous day for uh, Sam Darnold, um, 25 for 41. He did hit over 300 yards, 334 yards, uh, one touchdown, two picks. Very rough day after the, the excellent outing that he had against the Detroit Lions there. Uh, Quincy Inunua, seven receptions, 92 yards. And Terrell Pryor got four receptions for 84. Bilal Powell, five receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Crowell did lead the team in rushing uh, 12 carries, but only 35 yards to show for it. Tyler, what you got for me? I got the Eagles and Buccaneers. The Buccaneers beat the Eagles 27-21. Nick Foles went 35-48, 334 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the, the rushing game was pretty split. No, no running back had more than seven carries, and there was three of them who had at least six. Corey Clement had, had, had 30 yards and a touchdown. Wendell Smallwood had 28 yards, and Jay Jai had 23 yards and a touchdown. Zach Ertz led the team at receiving with, with 11 receptions and 94 yards. Nelson Aguilar had 8 receptions and 88 yards and a touchdown. On the Buccaneers' side, Ryan, Tink, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick has another great game with 27-33, 402 yards, a touch, 4 touchdowns and an interception. Thus far, he's the story of the year, isn't he? Oh, Absolutely. Peyton Barber had 16 carries and 22 yards. Dequeese Rogers also had five carries and 13 yards. Deshaun Jackson had four receptions, 129 yards, and a touchdown. One of which was a 75-yard uh, bomb for a touchdown, the very first play of the game. O.J. Howard had three receptions and 96 yards, and a touchdown. Mike Evans had 10 receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown. And Chris Godwin had five receptions, 56 yards, and a touchdown. What do you got, Scott? The Cleveland Browns dropped to 0-1-1, losing to the New Orleans Saints 21-18. Uh, um, the Browns, after leading for a majority of this game, dropped 18 points in the fourth quarter to New Orleans. Drew Brees, 28 for 35, 243, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, 13 carries for 46 yards. We also got to see Michael Thomas blow up 12 receptions, 89 yards, two touchdowns. Ted Ginn also got involved with four receptions for 55 yards. Kamara was also very active through the air, six receptions for 53 yards. Over on the Brown side, Tyrod Taylor, 22 for 30, 246, one touchdown, one pick. Um, Carlos Hyde, six carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. 
Antonio Callaway leads the team in receiving three receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. Jarvis Landry also had five receptions for 69 yards. And Rashard Higgins had five receptions for 47 yards. Big story in this game, Zane Gonzalez misses two field goals, um, including the game-tying field goal right at the end of regulation there to uh, cost the Browns this game. Tyler, what you got for me? Colts at Washington. Colts go up 21-9, making both teams 1-1. Andrew Luck goes 21-31, 179 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Jordan Wilkins led the team in rushing with 10 carries and 61 yards. Marlon Mack, their supposedly starter, also had 10 carries on 34 yards. But it was Naheem Hines who got got in the end zone with four carries, seven yards, and a touchdown. Their receiving Tyreek Hill had a a good game with seven receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Eric Ebron had three receptions, 26 yards, and got in the end zone as well. On the Washington side, Alex Smith had 33 for 46, 292 yards. At, at rushing, there were no touchdowns, but leading the team was, was uh, Jamison Crowder. Ooh. Two carries, 29 yards. That tells you what, what they're running game looked like. Yeah. Adrian Peterson had, had 11 carries and 20 yards. That's just, there's the AP we're used to seeing. Yep, there it is. <laughs> at, at receiving, uh, Chris Thompson led the team receiving. This is just very backwards. Yep. At 13 carries, 92 yards. Paul Richardson also had four receptions on 63 yards. Jordan Reed had six carries and 55 yards. What do you got, Scott? Uh, the San Diego, L.A., Las Vegas Chargers go 31-20 over the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they become 1-1. One one. The Bills go 0-2. Uh, Phillip Rivers, 23 for 27, 256, three touchdowns, has himself a day. Austin Eckler leads the team in rushing 11 carries, 77 yards, but Melvin Gordon had nine carries for 28 yards. He did make it in the end zone. Uh, Keenan Allen led the team in receiving six receptions, 67 yards, and Virgil Green also had three receptions for 55 yards. Melvin Gordon did see some time through the air, though, six receptions for 38 yards, two touchdowns, and Mike Williams got to see some time, two receptions, 27 yards, and a touchdown. Over on the Bills' side, Josh Allen, a rough day at the office, 18 for 33, 245, one touchdown, two picks. LaShawn McCoy had nine carries for 39 yards, and Josh Allen did get to run around a little bit, eight carries for 32 yards. Um, And Chris Ivory actually saw some field time, two carries for seven yards. He did hit the end zone one time. Zay Jones uh, leads the team in receiving two receptions for 63 yards. They really spread the ball out quite a bit over there. Robert Foster, two two receptions for 30 yards. Chris Ivory, one for 30. LaShawn McCoy, four for 29. Charles Clay, two for 29. Patrick DeMarco, one for 24. So we got to see quite a bit. And Kelvin Benjamin also had two receptions for 19 yards and a touchdown. Lots of spreading the ball out over Buffalo, but the woes with the Bills continue at quarterback. Tyler, hit me. Next we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. This game ended in a 100% confident tie. Oh, gosh. It was not confident. Both teams are 1-0-1. Yuck. Kirk Cousins went 35 for 48, 425 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Dalvin Cook led the team in rushing at 10 carries and 38 yards. So not, not a great running game there for the Vikings there this week. No, not much of an offensive line these first two weeks. It's been kind of ugly. At, at receiving, Adam Thielen had 12 receptions and 131 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs had nine receptions, 128 yards and two touchdowns. And Laquan Treadwell got in the end zone this week. And he got in the end zone, but he had two drops all at the same time. Hey, he's less of a bust than Perriman. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean whatever that... It makes you better than I guess. I guess. I mean, can't be much worse than Perriman <laughs> at this point. 
Aaron Rodgers on the green on the Packers side went 30 for 42, 281 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Williams of the team with 16 carries and 59 yards. Ty Montgomery also had five carries and 31 yards. They receiving Jimmy Graham had five receptions on 95 yards. Devontae Adams, eight receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown. And the, the big story here is the um, Vikings put up 22 points in the fourth quarter to, to tie the team up just to end in the tie. It, it was, you know, the the fact that they came back from a 20 to 7 de- deficit and tied it up 29 29. Um, and, and Kirk Cousins was, was on fire that second half. He really blew up. Uh, was chucking the ball all over the place. It was actually a pretty impressive showing for Cousins. I mean, great teams don't get down all the time, but even the greats get down. Um, and it was nice to see that that uh, Kirk Cousins was able to uh, withstand that pressure and put up 22 points in the fourth quarter, um, really chucking it around. Diggs and Thielen also did a great job in that game as well. Now, Carolina, 6-1-1, to one and one, losing to the Atlanta Falcons, 24 to, or 31-24. Falcons go one and one on the season after their uh, their Thursday night loss to open the season against the Eagles. Um, Cam Newton, 32 for 45, 335, three touchdowns, one pick. Not a bad performance from Cam Newton. Uh, he also ran, five, had five carries for 42 yards, outrushing every running back on the team. Christian McCaffrey, eight carries, 37 yards, and C.J. Anderson had three for 31. Um, receiving wise, Christian McCaffrey led the team 14 receptions. Yowza, 102 yards. Devin Funches, seven receptions for 77 yards. And Jarius Wright, the former Viking, speaking of Vikings, five receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, rookie DJ Moore did have one reception for 51 yards, a bomb for a touchdown. And Torrey Smith also had three receptions for 33 yards and a touchdown in that game. Um, the Falcons, Matt Ryan, 23 for 28, 272, two touchdowns and a pick. Tevin Coleman led the team in rushing, 16 carries, 107 yards. Ito Smith had nine carries for 46 yards, and Matt Ryan, four carries for 18 yards and two touchdowns rushing uh, for Matty Ice. Uh, Julio Jones, five receptions, 64 yards. Calvin Ridley got some playing time, four receptions for 64 yards and a touchdown. And Austin Hooper, five receptions, 59 yards, and one touchdown as the Falcons beat the Carolina Panthers 31-24. Tyler, hit me. Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. The Titans go up 20 to 17. Titans are now 1 and 1 as the Houston Texans drop to 0 and 2. Deshaun Watson with 22 for 32, 310 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Lamar Miller had 13 carries on 68 yards. Deshaun Watson also had five carries on 44 yards. Albert Blue also also saw some time at 36 yards and seven carries. And receiving, Will Fuller had eight receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown. And DeAndre Hopkins had six receptions and 110 yards and a touchdown. On the Titans side, uh, we had uh, three different players throw the ball. Blaine Gabbert went 13 for 20, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Kevin Bayard had one carry on one attempt. Uh, why am I saying carries? Completion. <laughs> Um, Kevin Byard had one one completion on one attempt for 66 yards on and a touchdown. And Derrick Henry also did the ball for eight yards on one, on one pass. Derrick Henry had 18 carries and six yards. Deion Lewis on the field, 14 carries on 42 yards. At, at receiving, uh, oosh, I'm going to butcher this one hard. <laughs> um, Dane Krukshank. Krukshank. Dane Krukshank. Had one reception, 66 yards, and a touchdown to lead the team. Tywan Taylor 
Taiwan is it Taiwan or Taiwan? I thought it was Taiwan. Taiwan Taylor, not Tyrod Taylor. Not Tyrod Taiwan Taylor. <laughs> but I uh, had three receptions and 32 yards and a touchdown. What do you got, Scott? Uh, the L.A. Rams <clears throat> beat the Arizona Cardinals, shut them out, 34 to nothing. Uh, the Rams go to two and zero. The Arizona Cardinals go zero and two. Sam Bradford just an abysmal day, 17 for 27, 90 yards and a pick. Uh, David Johnson, 13 carries for 48 yards. They're going to have to get more creative with him. Um, Larry Fitzgerald led the team in receiving three receptions for 28 yards. Christian Kirk also had a few catches, four for 27, um, as the Arizona Cardinals failed to put anything on the board. Um, over on the Rams side of the ball, the defense was kind of the big story here, but Jared Goff, 24 for 32, 354, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Malcolm Brown actually led the team in rushing, 12 carries for 46 yards. And in spite of all that, Todd Gurley, 19 carries for 42 yards, still managed to get in the end zone three times um, in that game. Receiving-wise, Brandon Cooks led the team, uh, seven receptions for 159 yards. Robert Woods, six receptions for 81. And Cooper Cup, six receptions for 63 yards. The lone touchdown through the air came from Tyler Higby, one reception for three yards. Um, and he gets that lone touchdown on his lone catch of the day. Tyler, what you got? Detroit Lions, San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers go up 30-27. to The Niners now 1-1. One one. The Lions drop to 0-2. Matt Stanford, however, did have a good day with uh, 347 yards and three touchdowns. Carrion Johnson uh, had eight carries and 43 yards, and Garrett Bond had eight carries and 38 yards. Golden Tate led the team with seven receptions and 109 yards. But Kevin Galladay had six receptions on 89 yards and a touchdown. Marvin Jones had 54 yards and a touchdown. And Michael Roberts had, had one reception, but it was a 15-yard touchdown. On the Niners' side, Jimmy Garoppolo goes 18 for 26, 206 yards with two touchdowns. Matt Beretta had 11 carries, 138 yards, and a touchdown. Ooh. Big game. Is, is it Beretta or Breda? Or? Maybe Breda. I think, I think it's Breda or something. I don't know. Rockstar. We'll call him that. Yeah, we'll call him Rockstar because that's what he was this week. He currently leads the league in rushing as well. And one of the few, because this, this season, two weeks in, it's been a very passing league. There's not been a lot of 100-yard rushers, so it's worth noting. Mm-hmm. Pierre Garcon uh, had four receptions, 57 yards to lead the team. Um, Garrett Selleck had, had had 22 yards and a touchdown. And then uh, Kendrick Bourne had, had, a, had a one four-yard catch for a touchdown. So that, there's that one. The Niners go up. They're one and one. Yeehaw. Uh, the Denver Broncos go up on the Oakland Raiders 20 to 19. Derek Carr actually had himself a decent game 29 for 32, 288, and a touchdown. Uh, Marshawn Lynch led the team with rushing 18 carries for 65 yards and a TD. Amari Cooper got the, uh, the brunt of the receiving 10 receptions, 116 yards, but failed to receive the end zone at all. Jared Cook also had four receptions for 49. And Seth Roberts had three receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown. Martavis Bryant um, not living up to expectations right now. Four receptions for 30 yards. Over on the Broncos side of things, Case Keenum didn't have a very good day. 19 for 35, 222, and an interception. Philip Lindsay led the team with in rushing 14 carries for 107 yards, but it was Royce Freeman and uh, Case Keenum that both got into the end zone rushing-wise. Uh, Freeman with 18 carries for 28 yards, um, and Keenum three carries for 16 yards. Emmanuel Sanders got all the uh, the love over there receiving wise. Four receptions, 96 yards. 
Jake Butt, four receptions for 48 yards. Haven't seen much out of Demarius Thomas this year. Seems like Emmanuel Sanders has been getting all of the love from Case Keenum uh, as it stands. Over on, and, and, you know, I got to tell you, this story is more so about the defense than anything else because that Denver Broncos defense is stout still to this day. So uh, there's that. Tyler, what you got for me? I have the Patriots and the Jaguars. Ooh. Man, I love this game. You love this game just because we hate the Patriots. Yes. Yes. Jaguars go up 31-20. So they have, an, they have a 2-0 start. The Patriots drop to 1-1. One one. Tom Brady had a very human day with 24 34 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. I love to hear that. Tom Brady had a human day. Yeah, he's, 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 he's like us sometimes. Yeah, he, he puts his pants on one leg at a time sometimes. When, when, well, when he doesn't have his hot wife right next to him. I, I get <laughs> This besides the point. Uh, Sonny Michael had the team 10 carries and 34 yards. Rex Burkhead had 6 carries and 22 yards. Tom Brady ran the ball three times. Holy smokes. 10 yards. Yeah, hey, not too bad. James White had 7 receptions and 73 yards. But the story here, uh, Phil Dorsett had 5 receptions and 44 yards. The story here is Chris Hogan. Three receptions, 42 yards, and got both of Tom's touchdowns. On the Jacksonville side, Blake Bortles was 29 for 45, 376 yards, four touchdowns and interception. Very good day. Had Blake himself Bortles. a game right there, man. That was beautiful. In, in Fournette's uh, injury um, place, uh, TJ Yeldon went out there and had 10 carries and 58 yards. So decent outing, 48. 5.8, that's good. Not too shabby. Blake Bortles also ran the ball six times for 35 yards. Um, on receiving in, Keelan Cole had seven receptions at 116 yards and a touchdown. Deed Westbrook had four receptions, 82 yards and a touchdown. Dante Moncrief got the end zone as well for 34 yards. And Austin Supreme Jenkins had 23 yards and a touchdown. I just got to point out that I, I think it's kind of interesting that over in Jacksonville right now, they lose Marquise Lee, they lose Allen Robinson, they lose Allen Hearns, and then everybody else has stepped up, including Blake Bortles. That's just outstanding to me. That's what you expect a team to do. Yep. It's, and it's, it's, I mean, everyone, everyone always says next man up, but who actually does it? Who actually does it? You know, the, the Jags went and did it. That's incredible to me. Um, the Dallas Cowboys go to 1-1 one one over the New York Giants, who fall to 0-2. The Cowboys beat the Giants 20-13. to Eli Manning, 33 for 44, 279 at a touchdown. Uh, Saquon Barkley only had 11 carries for 28 yards, but made up through made up for it through the air with 14 receptions for 80 yards. Uh, Evan Ingram, seven receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown. And Odell Beckham got four receptions for 51 yards, uh, but didn't see the end zone at all. Cody Latimer also got a little bit of love, two receptions for 41 yards. Over with the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, uh, his struggles continue. 16 for 25, 160 yards, but he did get in the end zone one time. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, seven ca- 17 carries, 78 yards, and a touchdown. We all know that Dallas goes through Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Tavon Austin, two receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Deontay Thompson also had four receptions for 33 yards. Dak Prescott also rushed seven times for 45 yards. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, they they squeak by on the uh, the New York, New York Giants here. But the, the big thing about the Giants, no offensive line over there. Um, Eli not Man- at all. Not at all. Eli Manning, once again, and we've, we've seen this before in New York, Eli Manning having trouble getting uh, any sort of protection. T- 
Tyler, last game of the night. What you got for me? Monday night football. Da, 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 da. The Bears go up on the Seahawks 24-17. And, and the Bears are now 1-1. The Seahawks got to 0-2. Oh, how the times change. I know. Russell Wilson went 22-36, 246 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Rashad Penny had 10 carries and 30 yards. Chris Carson had 6 carries and 24 yards. Russell Wilson ran the ball three times for 17 yards. They're receiving Tyler Lockett, five receptions and 60 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Marshall saw the field, four receptions and 44 yards. Will Disley had three receptions, 42 yards and a touchdown. On the Bears' side, Mitch Trubisky goes 25-34, 200 yards, and then two, two touchdowns, two picks. Jordan Howard had 14 carries and 35 yards, and that led the team in rushing. Not a great, not a great day there for the Bears' rushing attack. Mitch Trubisky had five carries and 24 yards. Allen Robinson led the team at receiving with 10 receptions and 80 yards. Allen Robinson is starting to find his own here in the Bears, and I think he's only going to get better from here. Jordan Howard had three receptions and 30 yards, but Trey Burton had 20 yards and a touchdown, and Anthony Miller had 11 yards and a touchdown. And that's, that, that, that's the recap to the games there, man. Now, Tyler, um, I'm, I'm hearing that we've got something coming up here. Wait, we're not breaking? Well, I, I'm hearing we've got something coming up here now that we've, we've finished up the scores here. I, I'm, I'm, is, it, is, it, is it true, Tyler? It is. It is true. It's that time, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for... Tyler's Top 10! Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. And, we're gonna, and uh, just so no one's surprised, we're going we're gonna to keep this trend going for the year because... I mean, through two weeks, it's proven that we, we it's almost been a necessity. Going through um, we, weekly leaders, because just offenses are just going off right now. Yeah, well, there's offenses going off, and then there's offenses doing a whole lot of nothing. I mean, like, let's just, let's face facts. I mean, there's some that are just really, 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 really good. Are you trying to say that the Bills and the Cardinals aren't doing anything? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking maybe. No, there's um, there's a lot of uh, uh, really, really good teams out there right now. And then there's a lot of really, really bad teams out there. I, I It's very hard. It's a struggle to find anything in between at this point right now. I mean, let's let's just face that fact. I mean, have we? I, I mean, maybe Miami would be kind of an in between team right now. I guess. I mean, I, you know, that's that's kind of maybe. I mean, like, it's. I mean, I, I'm struggling to find an, a true in between kind of team at this point. Um, it's either your your team is zero and two and getting their ass kicked all over the place. Or your team is is pretty mediocre. Maybe the Eagles. I think the Eagles right now could be could be listed as kind of a mediocre group. But uh, I digress. Tyler, it is time for your top ten, my friend. And, and like, like I said, it's going to be uh, week two performances. Yeah, top and performances of the to, week. To kind of save uh, Scott from having to come up with five more, like he likes to do in the past. Love it. Um, well, I did enjoy uh, you being the Debbie Downer and bringing us the five. Bad ones. And I'm going to bring you back down to earth. You trust You can do it and trust me on that one. I love so what I did is, for the first time ever, oh boy. I have a uh, group of five honorable mentions just to kind of give a little homage to the uh, forgotten five. Oh, boy. Five people that aren't in the top ten but are worth talking about. So wait a minute. You get mad at me for hijacking your segment, and then you literally go out and plagiarize my segment. 
I did. You rat bastard. <laughs> rat bastard. That's fine. We're, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, go ahead with your, your top ten. You know, do you want to start with your honorable mentions? or what? Yeah, do you we're going to do the honorable mentions. Oh, okay. So honorable mentions, uh, so there's, uh, so we got Darius Leonard had 15 tackles, three assists, and a sack. Big day over there. Yeah. But there, there was just so much offense that he just fell off the list. Yeah, yeah. The, the offenses were, were kind of the stars of the show this week. Um, and and I, I he, he had a monster game. He had a, a monster game. The, the sack, the forced fumble, um, not not a bad day at all. I, I'm impressed with Darius Leonard. Travis Kelsey, seven receptions, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. Wow. Big, big game by Travis Kelsey. For all intents and purposes, he deserves being in the top 10. There's just so – just if you look at the, – the, I got a couple guys in the top 10 and just looking at full package – Kelsey just kind of fell off there. No, no, I'm going to ruin your day on two things. I, I, I'm surprised. Number one, I'm surprised that Travis Kelsey didn't make your your top ten. Okay? I'm upset about it. I'm, I'm surprised. You know, for a tight end, he gets seven receptions, 109 yards, uh, two touchdowns. His long is 31, so he's catching long balls. Uh, I'm I'm surprised he didn't make your top ten. To be honest with you, the other thing reason I'm I'm going to make you sad is because did you just use the term all intensive purposes? I did. It's intents and purposes, Tyler. You're right. You drive me crazy. Yeah, you think I know better? Yeah, I, I would hope so. Being in my my normal um normal office setting, I'm 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 gonna admit look like 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 an like idiot. Well, well, I had to I had to make you look like an asshole for a minute there. It wouldn't oh, be yeah. I, it wouldn't be right if I didn't. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> I own it. Duh. So the other three here. It, I wanted to put these three in the top ten, but I was looking for individual performances. And sure, the end of, at the end of the day, touchdowns matter, points matter. Yes. But these three guys just didn't have the uh, what's the the meat and potatoes to back up the touchdowns, more or less. Ah. Melvin Gordon had nine had had twenty yards rushing, thirty eight yards receiving. Had, ended the day with three touchdowns. You know, getting in the end zone is great, but you know, you, you also want to be moving your team downfield, and that's that's a, a big difference. And especially, you know, for a running back, I mean, if he what didn't ha- you, great, you got in the, the end zone three times, but that lack of yardage um, that that kind of says something to me about the fact about the job you're doing as a running back, especially when you get out rushed. Uh, so definitively, like that like he did. Like they, they, he, there's another running back on that team right now that is outrushing Melvin Gordon, who was basically a Pro Bowler last year. So I think that really says something about the job that Melvin Gordon's doing. So I, I agree with him being off your top ten. And Todd Gurley also had 42 yards rushing, 31 yards receiving, but he also had three touchdowns. And the big point I make about these two is, while this week they didn't perform enough to be in the top ten. It is clear, based on the touchdowns alone, that their quarterbacks know how important they are to their respective offense. Yeah, they're, they're difference makers all around. I mean, you know, Gurley, he had 19 attempts, 42 yards, but he, he scored three touchdowns. So, I mean, I, I and, think... And, that, and he had two extra points as well. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, because the kicker was down and they were going for two-point conversions. I mean, Gurley was was uh, a monster, and, and that was even with him exiting the game due to cramping. I mean, like, let, let's just let's point that out as well. He he left the game because he had cramps. So I mean, uh, I mean, whether or not they're you know leg cramps or menstrual, I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, you're welcome, Aaron. By the way, um, the the fact of the matter is, is that 
19 attempts for 42 yards doesn't exactly make you a, a, a bomb rusher at no. that point in time, but those three touchdowns um, in those short yarded situations made all the difference for the uh, the Rams. There. Yeah, that 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 shows if you're if you're in a critical situation, whether it be third and one, fourth and inches, whatever. You know where the ball's going, right? And it, and it's a far cry from his his uh, 108 yards and a 5.4 average from the week before. So I, I think that that really shows um, that Todd Gurley has has dropped off. He dropped off a little bit in week two. We'll see if he can uh, come back and, and show that he's a rusher in week three. And the, and the last honorable mention is going to be AJ Green, five receptions, 69 yards, and three touchdowns. The reason he was off the list for a lot of the same reasons is. He's your, he's your one guy. I expect more than 69 yards. And also, most of those yards and all those touchdowns came in the in the in the first half. And after after adjustments, AJ Green was mostly shut down in the second half. Yep, and he he did get um, he he did get uh, outdone by his fellow receiver there. But I, I I see AJ Green making the end zone three times, and that's great. It's good that he was a red zone threat. But I expect a little more yardage production out of a guy like A.J. Green, especially after all the 100-yard performances that we've seen out of him. So, I, again, I agree with him um, being off of your, your top 10. I agree that, that it, it makes – if he had – now, had A.J. Green broken 100 yards? He'd be on there. He'd be on there. I don't think we, there would even be a question. But A.J. Green only putting up 69 yards, you're kind of going, eh, not the best performances I've seen out of him. And now the top 10. Here we go. Um, number 10, um – I can see you disagreeing with me on these, but I'm, I'm going to give some, um, some explanation. There you There's go. the word. Number 10, Tevin Coleman, 16 carries, 107 yards. Great average, and he broke 100 yards. Um, the reason why he and my number nine are on here is because, quite frankly, the way the way this past two weeks have been, it's been a passing league. So when, when these guys are coming out and, and able to rush 100 yards, there's only been 500-yard rushes this season so far. And this is one of the reasons I'm going to disagree with you on Tevin Coleman and and you know 107 yards wahoo, but we're you know whenever when you're in this league now now you're scoring touchdowns it's kind of that yards versus touchdowns thing. Um, I agree that he's above those people that you had listed in your honorable mentions. At the same time, I'm looking at it going, where is the freaking touchdowns? Uh, Tevin Coleman rushes for 107 yards, six down, 16 attempts. He puts up a 6.7 average. That's great. He had four receptions. That's great. But I want to see uh, whether or not Tevin Coleman can actually get into the freaking end zone. Um, and that seems to be, you know, he got into the end zone one time against the Eagles. I want to see him do it a whole lot more than what he has been. Number nine, sticking at running back, um, Philip Lindsay had, had also had 107 yards and two less carries. So, Clearly, um, a little bit better than Tevin Coleman in this one. Yes, and he's taken this offense by storming kind of, in, in a way, maybe has taken the starting job. But again, I mean, hundred yard rush. The way this past two weeks have been, it's been pass, pass, pass. So it's it's a, it's a breath of fresh air to see to see rushers getting hundred yards because there's not been many. Stole the starting job for sure. I, I mean, he he went from fifteen attempts and seventy one yards in in week one to fourteen attempts for one hundred and seven yards in week two. I don't think there's any doubt that Philip Lindsay is a starter. In this league, and he's 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 pretty gutsy right now. Um, he, he's he wasn't drafted very high, clearly. Um, he he was the school's all-time rusher in college, uh, four thousand five hundred eighty-seven yards. So I mean, I guess that kind of says something. Um, I, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he wants to go out there and he wants to to prove that he's he's great. Um, again. 
Uh, 7.6 average is fantastic, but where is the freaking touchdowns? I want to see some touchdowns out of these guys. Got to get into the end zone. Number eight, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes. 121 yards and a touchdown. Now, the reason why he's here over Kelsey, despite Kelsey having a touchdown, is the 13 receptions. Yes. This is this is starting to show that this is a guy that Ben trusts. Mm-hmm. With everything going on with Antonio Brown that we're going to get into later, um, this this is the guy for Pittsburgh right now. I mean, he's, he's being looked at. Ben trusts him. Ben looks at him. Ben targets him. Um, it was a big week, 13 receptions, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Big, big week by Juju there. You know, and he almost triples his receptions from, from one week to the next. He had five receptions for 119 yards. I, I think the interesting thing about, about Juju Smith-Schuster is he's showing not only that he can be a number one, but Juju Smith-Schuster is also showing that that he can catch the long ball, he can catch the short ball. Um, he, his long win in against the Browns was 67 yards. His long against the Chiefs was 21 yards. He's showing a degree of versatility that yeah, I really enjoy. Yeah, this, he's a chain mover. Yeah, he, he moved the chains quite a bit. And, and that 13 receptions for 121, he had an average of 9.3 yards per catch. Um, he did get his first touchdown of the year. Uh, I agree with you on this one. I, I believe that that the way he moved the chains for the Steelers this week was uh, pretty outstanding, and and uh, I like your pick here. Yeah, the thing is that a lot a lot of people look at, look look at like oh yeah, well Travis Kelsey had, had two touchdowns, but people don't really realize receptions matter. Even if it's just a couple, if your if your receivers yards per catch isn't isn't the thing to look at. And if if you're in thirteen receptions, that's showing that you're 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 being used in the long game. You're being used in the short game. Like you're a guy that's trusted. Well, not only that, that thirteen receptions. I think if you combine the thirteen receptions, I and I, I kind of disagree with you on the fact that like sometimes you got to look at the average. Thirteen receptions for nine point three yards. That shows me, like you said, you're a chain mover there. That's basically averaging almost ten yards per pass. Yeah. So, so that's that's thirteen plays. Where where Juju Smith Schuster created first down opportunities for the Cle- or for the Cincinnati or Jesus Christ for the Pittsburgh Steelers and I think that kind of says something here. So I, I really hey, like what, it. What I mean is that I, I would put Juju's performance over a guy who had two receptions for 198 yards and two touchdowns. I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Going go number seven, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. He had himself a game, didn't he? Twelve receptions. So right up there again, these guys be looked at 131 yards and a touchdown. So a very, very, very similar performance to Juju there. So obvious reasons he's up here just a smidge higher, 10 more yards and one less reception. Now, what I like about Adam Thielen, and, and this isn't just me just like getting my Viking heart on here, but the the fact of the matter is, is Adam Thielen went out, goes out there, the guy's undrafted. He's basically in his hometown. He lived about, uh, I think, an hour away from, from where the Vikings actually play. And... He he goes out and he he's proven that that he is a number one guy in this system and and I there's no doubt in my mind that Adam Thielen is gonna and, and I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm not wrong but I believe Adam Thielen's gonna be a Viking for a long time he's got two years through three years left on his deal uh, two years after this season but the the guy's got great hands 131 yards and a touchdown including the the game uh, tying touchdown there. Um, on a, and an excellent play. He showed great patience on that one. Um, I absolutely love this, uh, and and I think that Adam Thielen is just a phenomenal performer. 10.9 average. Um, he had a long of 25 yards on the day. Just a great, great game for Adam Thielen. Number six, Michael Thomas. 
Ooh, 12 receptions, 89 yards, and two touchdowns. Michael Thomas is leading the league by quite a bit in receptions. This is a guy that Drew Brees trusts. Yes. He's in my top 10 last week. He's staying here this week. He's an end zone threat. He's a chain mover, with, as you can see, the 12 receptions. He, he's the guy there. Yeah, you know, he took a little dip in the receptions department this week, but um, yeah, it's kind of funny we say, "Oh, he only he only had 12." Yeah, he he took a little dip. Um, he, he had 16 receptions or 180 yards. I mean, and and I kind of expected him to have a big week last week after they started playing from from deep behind against Tampa. Um, 16 receptions, 180 yards. He had a long 35 last week and a touchdown. This week he goes 12 receptions, 89 yards. So he took a dip in receptions and yards, but he did have those two touchdowns. I'm I'm actually. To be honest with you, 12 receptions, 89 yards. I'm a little surprised that you ranked him above Thielen this week um, because of, of the amount of yardage that, that Thielen had. Um, this was a case where I, I put the, the extra touchdown as, as a little bit of a fluffer to kind of um, average out the uh, little bit less yards he had. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we're, we're talking half a football field there. So I'm, I, I, I kind of disagree. I would flip-flop the two, but, but I do agree he should be in your top ten. He had a hell of a performance this week. Top five. And the other thing that I, the other reason I would, I would flip them. It's because you're a Viking fan. Not, not just because I'm a Viking fan. Um, there's, there's one part of that statistic that you, you didn't look at. You ready for it? I'm sitting, sitting here. He had a fumble. Oh. Yep. Okay. He, he had a lost fumble there. So I mean, that, that is something to consider. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> not changing it, but that, that's okay. That's okay, but that's that's the reason I would flip flop him. But anyway, I, I agree that he should be in your top ten. Though. Number five, Stephon Diggs. Wow, nine receptions, 128 yards, two touchdowns. I'm surprised he's as low as he is. Um, guy had a monster game. Oh yeah, just a huge game. Uh, the two touchdowns, Stephon Diggs. Uh, you know, last week he only had three receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown. This week he blows up, nine receptions, 128 yards, two touchdowns. Stefan Diggs, the, the one thing I'm learning about Stefan Diggs in this case is that Diggs is, when Diggs is happy, Diggs performs. Uh, Diggs is happy in Minnesota. He got his five-year extension. Um, right now he's in the final year of his rookie deal. And um, Diggs is performing like, like a... a a crazed madman right now. He's got 12 receptions for 171 yards. He has three touchdowns. He was a red zone threat last year. He had 12 touchdowns last year, I believe. This year, he's looking at, at three already. Um, it was a great game for him against the Pack. He had a 79-yard touchdown catch, on, and, and I, I really uh, I really love Stefan Diggs. I, like I said, I would put his performance a little higher on your list, depending on, on who you got up there. But, uh, yeah, great game for Stefan. Number four, Kirk Cousins. Ooh, daddy. 35 for 48, 425 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Um, so because I had three Vikings on here, I, I did some uh, soul searching. Oh boy. And what I came up with was uh, a lot of the a lot of those plays to Diggs and Thielen, not taken away from either of them two, but Kirk Cousins had a great game. He did. He made great throws. And I, I'm not going to say Kirk Cousins made uh, entirely great throws. Um, the the one interception he did have, uh, it was a deflection. Um, <clears throat> I believe that Kirk Cousins is ready to just rip apart the NFL right now. I agree. And and 425 yards, four touchdowns. He did have the pick. He had 118.8 passer rating. Um, frankly, I, I see Kirk Cousins... 
just blowing up the league right now. Um, he's got a 65% completion percentage right now. Um, he, he didn't have the best outing against the Niners. Great outing against the Packers, particularly in the second half. Um, Thielen and Diggs really kind of made it possible, so I, I am okay with where you got him. I'm maybe a spot up. I'm not sure who you got there, but I do love um, the the idea of him being in your top ten, not just because I'm a Vikings fan, but because this was a hell of a performance here. Now, my number three is probably you, – you'd probably move my three um, below Cousins and Diggs and probably be happy, but – um, I'm, I'm standing by the fact that rushing has just not been a thing this year. It's been, I mean, there, there's been a few, but it's been, it's been the story of passing and receiving. Can you agree? Yes. So I want to, I want to make light of fantastic rushers, and I'm putting Matt Burita there at number three. Wow. Eleven carries, only eleven carries, and he got 138 yards and a touchdown. Great average. He was explosive. He had a great, great game. Yes, he did. Um. Brita, he's a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. I'm, I'm surprised that, that he's over there leading the league in rushing right now um, the way he is. Uh, people are kind of going, who in the hell is this guy? Um, it, right now he's got 184 yards uh, on the season. He had a, a, a crappy outing against the Vikings, which, I mean, I kind of expected against that, that uh, big defensive line. But then 138 yards uh, against the Lions takes him up. He he does put up the touchdown. He had three receptions. I mean, I you gotta love what what Matt Breida is doing right now. Number two, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta. You, you have to. Legally in yards. Yeah, you have 27 to. 27 for 33, 402 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. A very very identical stat line to your boy Kirk Cousins. And the only reason Ryan Fitzpatrick is above Cousins this week, is it, to me, it came down to uh, uh, completion percentage. Right. Uh, he, he had a, um an 81% completion percentage. And Cousins was very good, too. It was like, what, 76? Yeah, 72. 72. Which is still above average because I mean, you, you look for guys to be over 60. It's kind of like your average. So Kirk Cousins had a great week, but Ryan Fitzpatrick continued to have another Phenomenal lead. Right, 81%, 402 yards, four touchdowns, one pick, 144.4 rating. Um, and, you know, I, I one thing I want to point out is Ryan Fitzpatrick was so close to a perfect quarterback rating, 156.3 against the Saints last week. Uh, he takes a little bit of a dip because of the one pick, but man, oh, man. You know, and, and we've seen this before. I, I can't put all of my eggs in the Ryan Fitzpatrick wagon yet. I just can't. Um, because I've seen this story before. Um, we've seen the eight wins and, and then dropping eight over in Buffalo. Uh, but right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick looks like a, a man on fire. He, he's Right now he's kind of looking in, in a similar fashion that Brad Johnson looked when he went and, and won a, a championship. So I, I want to see if Ryan Fitzpatrick continues this trend. I doubt he will. But uh, man, oh, man. The, the, this guy has been playing like his life depends on it. So I, I'm loving what I'm seeing here. And number one shouldn't surprise you. Not at all. The, the, the only thing that if, – if, if, if you had over um, 400 yards, I would, I would call this the performance of the year can't be beat. Maybe, yeah. But it still could be. But well, um, So Patrick Mahomes, 23 for 28. Very, very good average there. Um, completion percentage there. Huge. 326 yards, six touchdowns. Woo! And I, I did some research on this one just, just to be sure. And all of his touchdowns, it was it was him. 
Um, the, the, the receivers got open. He put the ball in the end zone on all of them but one. So the, so it wasn't the receivers getting extra rack yards. Well, there was one where he fought some for the yard, got a touchdown, but by those touchdowns, he put the ball in the end zone. And one thing I want to uh, – there's a couple things I want to point out about this performance. <clears throat> the first thing is the increase in stats. Uh, completion percentage goes from 55.6 against the Chargers to 82.1. Huge leap. Um, yardage, 256 to 326. Touchdowns go from 4 to 6. Still hasn't thrown an interception on the season. Uh, his quarterback rating from last week to this week went from 127.5 to nearly perfect, 154.8. Patrick Mahomes is having a, uh, uh, a red-hot start to the season. I mean, I want to see if he can continue it. I hope he does. I mean, for his sake, I really hope he does. But I'm at 23 years old, Patrick Mahomes is starting to look like the guy. And everybody had a lot of questions. Was Patrick Mahomes the guy? He's looking like the guy. Well, we both shat on our predictions. And we did. And and Mahomes is looking like the guy, and I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with, with what he's doing. Um, I, I really hope that, that for his sake it continues. But 10 touchdowns to start out the year is nothing to sneeze at. Oh, record. Yep, overall, 143.3 rating overall right now. Um, just a, a big-time start for him. I agree this should be your number one with uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt should be number one. So so kudos to Patrick Mahomes, but um, Tyler. Time to bring the moon down. I'm going to bring everybody back down to earth. Are you ready? I'm ready. You're ready for it? Oh, my Lord. Well, it's that time, Tyler. Raytown's Forgotten Five. Well, Forgetful Five. Does that make you excited? I'm excited to do Freight this. Freytown's Forgetful Five. Let's talk about it. Um, I'm going to start with an honorable mention of my own. So this guy didn't make my top five based solely on his numbers. Now, now one thing I want to point out here is, is and, and Tyler and I had a little spat over this earlier, um, I'm, I'm going to, we, we talked about how the numbers kind of lie in, in well, certain instances. You're going to destroy it, aren't you? I am. Uh, we're, we're talking about how, how the numbers kind of lie in a sense, and, and about 90 to 95% of the time, the numbers are fairly accurate. A lot of times we're, we're talking um, uh, great numbers, and, and that's fantastic. That's all well and good, but i got to talk Matt Stafford here as an honorable mention for my Forgetful Five, and, and the reason he, he didn't make the Forgetful Five is because, as Tyler said, his numbers, according to the, the actual numbers themselves, weren't bad. 64% completion percentage, 347 yards, three touchdowns, 101 rating. Now, at what point, however, do we stop just being numbers, guys? And, and the reason the, the Detroit Lions lost that game, let's face facts, it's because of Matt Stafford. And it doesn't rest solely on his, on his arm there. It doesn't, it, it's not all on his shoulders, but let's... I mean, how many times in that last game did we see Marvin Jones or Golden Tate trotting down the field, not covered by a guy for anywhere from 7 to 10 yards, and Matt Stafford misses the throw or doesn't make the throw? He throws it short or, or whatever the case may be. He had a couple occasions where Golden Tate or, or uh, Marvin Jones were trotting around in the end zone uncovered, and Matt Stafford didn't make the play. Now, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a professional quarterback because I'm not. I mean, that would be a lie. But when even the sportscasters were pointing it out on, on you know, the, uh, Monday Night Football there, 
or, or Sunday night football or the afternoon games or whatever the hell, you knew that Matt Stafford was was uh, missing key plays. And a professional quarterback makes one of five. Now, I've heard all of the hoopla about Matt Stafford. Oh, he's got 35,000 yards since 2009. Oh, look at Matt Stafford. He's yeah, he's the first youngest quarterback to ever break 5,000 yards in a season. Oh, man, I would hope to God that Matt Stafford would break 5,000 yards in a single season if he's throwing the ball an average of 52 times a game. Shit, I'd hope so. If you're not breaking it, then there's something wrong. But, I mean, at, at this point, Matt Stafford, he should be kicking himself for missing those throws, and people shouldn't be looking at his numbers People should be looking at the fact that Matt Stafford basically lost them that football game by not getting the job done against the San Francisco 49ers team that, frankly, he could have blown out had he made those throws. So uh, that's why Matt Stafford is sitting here um, just outside the forgotten five now, or forgetful five, rather. Um, Now, going into the forgetful five, now, and I'm not just saying this because I I don't like his, his life decisions here, okay, but um. I'm going with Case Keenum, and the reason I'm going with Case Keenum, 54% completion percentage, 222 yards, no touchdowns. He had an interception, 61.8 rating. Case Keenum looked rough in this last outing against the Raiders, only managed to put up 20 points. Um, I mean, really, Keenum... The, the defense saved the day in this game. Yeah, and, and I, I keep seeing this. The Case Keenum right now, the Broncos are running around 2-0, and and Case Keenum's all proud of himself, and that's all well and good. But at, at the end of the day, Case Keenum has not performed up to expectations, I believe, uh, since he went to Denver. Um, he was solid in Minnesota under the Pat Shermer system, and that's fine, but I'm waiting for that moment when he runs into an actually good team and just gets trounced. I'm waiting for it. You and I both know what's coming. I hope it's this week. And I think it's going to be this week. I, I think Case Keenum is going to get beat on at some point here, and we're going to see the, the real Case Keenum. Now, is is the Bron- are the Broncos kind of a middle-of-the-road team right now? I guess we could talk about them as a middle-of-the-road team. But Case Keenum hasn't lived up to expectations. Sure, he had three, three touchdowns last week. He also had three picks, only an 84 rating. I mean, so Case Keenum makes my number five. Um, number four. I'm going to go ahead and talk the whole Buffalo Bills offense. (laughs) The entire Buffalo Bills offense was just atrocious. Just horrible. For the second straight week. Yeah. I I mean, and we didn't even get to see. Now, we we got to see a little bit of an improvement, right? I mean, we we got to see see, uh, um, Peterman on the sidelines here. We got to see. I mean, Josh. Josh Allen was an improvement for him. Yeah, they put up the the, the starting team put up points this week. Yeah, they actually scored points. Um, well, well, they scored points against the the Ravens against the backups. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a field goal. Hey, calm down. But uh, they they put up twenty points. I mean, Allen was an improvement, not much though. Two forty five, one touchdown, two picks, eighteen for thirty three. I mean, the Buffalo Bill offense uh, just struggled. They can't get the run going. Lashawn McCoy can't. I mean, we saw Shady McCoy last year. Just blowing the world up. He also got hurt early in the game, too. Yeah, but still. I mean, nine carries, 39 yards. Chris Ivory couldn't get anything going. He did get in the end zone one time, but only two carries for seven yards. I mean, they've lost faith in their rushing game. 
Um, so much so that, that we had a, I mean, they lost faith in their defense that we, so much that we had a, a guy retire at halftime. I mean, like I, really the, the Buffalo Bills offense has been such a, just a, a, a shit show since this whole thing started. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and place them as number four on my forgetful five. Tyler, you got anything to add to that? I, I think you covered it. I, I, I agree with them being on there. It's, it's been a rough start to the season. Yeah, and and I believe that uh, the Buffalo Bills, unless they, they figure something out here, um, it's, it's going to be a long, long season. Um, number three. So this one's kind of a double whammy. And, and because it, it kind of follows the same thing, I, I'm, it's going to be a double whammy. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to say number three is Zane Gonzalez is the, the co-winner of number three of the Forgetful Five. And, and the reason he, he's number three is because he only missed two field goals. Oh, well, I mean, well, really he missed, he missed, he missed four field goals, but I, I guess the two that, that counted the most – um, were the critical ones. Were the critical ones. He, he missed four field goals, but he, he, the two critical ones were the ones that really uh, uh, cost him there. Um, so so there's that. Uh, Zane Gonzalez, just a rough day at the office. The Browns drop him this week. And, and the, other, the other forgetful five is actually um, Greg Joseph. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh Maybe Greg Joseph is the rookie kicker that the Cleveland Browns signed. That has calling him a loser. Why? Well, I'm calling him a loser because they. Well, I'm. I'm not. I'm. It's not that I'm calling Greg Joseph a loser as much as I am calling the the Browns picking him up. I'm calling the Browns losers. Um, Greg Joseph has under a forty five percent successful field goal rating. <laughs> so so they got rid of Zane Gonzalez. And then they picked up this rookie who who has a, a crappy um, successful kick percentage. So seems like there's a lot better options. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, Kai Forbass still out there. There's just a lot. Um, it, it's just a, a nasty, nasty selection here. I I, I mean, just kind of a joke. Um, and and uh, my my hope for them is that that you know. He's going to come out. Greg Joseph is going to come out and just light the world on fire. But um, I, I'm I'm thinking this is a bad idea on the Browns' end. But I mean, whew, it's going to be ugly. Um, now number two, Tyler, um, and, and this one kind of hurts me on the inside, but it's it's something that I have I have to do. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings special teams in general. Um, they had a block punt. Yeah, I hope that hurts. Yeah, block punt, three missed field goals, including uh, the potential game winner. Um, actually, I, I'll say the potential game winner twice um, in overtime. The the Vikings special teams unit was just miserable this past week. Um, couldn't block for anybody, missed field goals left and right. I, I, it was just an ugly, ugly day for the Vikings. Um, they still managed to squeak out a tie against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but um, the, the game winner miss kind of, kind of made him go above the, uh, the Zane Gonzalez one, uh, because the Zane Gonzalez one was for a tie, but, uh, ultimately I'm going with the, the Minnesota Vikings special teams. Um, thoughts, my friend. 
No, that, that encompasses the kicker who definitely deserves to be on there. I mean, that's no question. He, yes. He, missed, he went 0-3 kicking-wise. But then the, the, the block punt, yeah, I, I'd say encompassing all together, that's, I, I, I agree that's bad. Yeah, the, the special teams all together was just gross. Um, last but not least, number one, um, I'm going with Sam Bradford. Was he one last week? What? Was he number one last week? Who, Sam Bradford? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. But I know he was on there. He, he was. Sam Bradford. I like him. Well, well, when you have 63% completion percentage for 90 yards, a 53 rating, one interception, Sam Bradford had, had one of the most ugly performances in Arizona Cardinals history here. Um, it was just ugly. And, and for a guy that's getting paid $20 million, I expect a hell of a lot more than 90 yards in a, spe- in a specific game. Um, and, and these problems, they're, they're over here blaming everybody other than Bradford over there in Arizona. They need to go and, and blame the, the actual problem. The problem is Sam Bradford, period, end. Sam Bradford is an overrated hack. He's been overpaid for years and years and years. I don't understand why this guy gets, keeps getting paid the money he's getting paid. It's just... It's gotten to the point of being obnoxious at this point. Um, the guy's been in the league since 2010, and he hasn't done squat. I mean, he's basically the biggest butthole in the league at this point. Let's just face it. I, I agree The spot number one was a rough performance there. And facing, um, arguably, the league's best off defense as well. It was, it, was, it, had, it was a recipe for disaster from the start. Yeah, and, and you know, I expect more out of my $20 million quarterback, but maybe that's just me. Um, Sam Bradford... He, he looked like hell. Uh, he played like hell. Um, Josh Rosen will be taking over this team before the, before the year is out. Hopefully they're, make, they're thinking about making that move in week three for, for the Cardinals' sake. But, Otherwise um, it might be a third straight week. Yeah, just a, a bad, bad performance. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put Sam Bradford at number one there. Um, and with that, Tyler, we've, we've completed the, the top ten forgetful five. And um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. Uh, <clears throat> coming back at you, when we get back here, we're going to go around the league, uh, look at some uh, league news, and uh, get everything moving here. We're also going to be doing our predictions for the, uh, the, ne- the upcoming week three uh, matchups here. So uh, stay tuned uh, right here on the Outside Blitz. This episode of the Outside Blitz is brought to you by... Jordan J. Scavone, children's book author extraordinaire. Jordan has two books available currently. Mighty is about a four-year-old girl with social anxiety starting preschool. In order to overcome her fears of going to school, she becomes a superhero. And Jordan's brand new book, The Mud Princess, is the story of Georgia, a girl who defies the looks and ideals of her princess peers. When the other princesses are captured by a dragon, Georgia must decide if she should help those who shunned and mocked her, or if she should save them. Both of Jordan's books are available on Amazon, and you can follow Jordan on Facebook at facebook.com backslash mightebook. Also, check out jordanjscavone.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-J-S-C-A-V-O-N-E.com for all updates on both books. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host. It's Tob. I am your host, Tyler Dean. Yeah. And I'm here at the very... Forgettable. Forgettable? You, you get it? Forgettable. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I mean, I... Very forgettable. Scotty Hey, you know what? I, I'm wearing a very fun, fun Scotty Freytown outfit. 
my, my Minnesota Vikings outfit. I mean, it would be one thing if I was wearing something purple and looked like, you know, Grimace from Battle Creek, but I guess that's neither here nor there. Now, um, Tyler, stories around the league. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, we, well, first of all, let, let's just point out, our number one, we're, we're burning through everything. I mean, like, like we're going to have a two-segment show today. Well, that last one went long, but it's going to be—it's going to be a normal length show. There's a lot to talk Dude, about. Dude, two-segment show, man. I'm—I'm I'm surprised we've only got one commercial break. I mean, what, what two-segment show? What—what what is going on here? I'm going to go sprinkle rock salt on all the places where hell just froze over. Um, so, Tyler, I gotta—I gotta ask you here, okay? So, just starting out here, my my very first question is something I've been dying to ask you for several, several weeks now. Um, and, and you, I said something, and you strongly disagreed with me um, a couple weeks ago, uh, before the season even started. I, I, I asked you this question, and you said, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. So I'm going to ask you, after this week's performance, do you believe firmly that Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are at this point in time the best one-two punch in the NFL as far as receivers go? I have to ask the question. Hmm. After the, especially after the performance they had last week. I mean, you can't really take that away from them. Well, no, week two you can't. What, what was their week one performance? Can you give their week one numbers? I can pull up their week one numbers. Um, Stefan Diggs had 43 yards and a touchdown in week one. I know that. Um... Let me see here. Adam Thielen had six receptions, 102 yards. Um, he didn't score a touchdown in that game, but he did have the six receptions for 102 yards this week. 12 catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Are you ready to admit that Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are the best receiver duo in the league currently? Right, right now, currently, yeah. But I will say that the... Uh, um underdogs of, uh, you're not going to buy it, but you look at the stats, it's, it's there. But I'm going to say that Jason and Thielen are better. But you have the underdog duo of uh, Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans right now is, is definitely up there as well. Really? Now, now how, I, I guess I, I have questions. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, five receptions, 146, four receptions, 129. I get he's leading the league right now. He's got three touchdown passes. Um, and, and, they're, they're having themselves a, a fun time. Um, Mike Evans, uh, 10 receptions, 83 yards. He had a touchdown in both weeks, 7 receptions, 147. Now, we saw him – we really saw – how much of this is Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point? I guess that's my first question. Hey, no, I'm sorry. Um, Vikings are number two. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to put um, t uh, Tyree Kill and, and uh, Kelsey just above them. Now, Kelsey's not a receiver, though. He's a tight end. You said receiving duo. I mean, at the end of the day, Kelsey, I mean – I, mean, I don't know. You're, you're. I'm finding technicalities. Like, yeah, you, you really, really <laughs> want to. Um, but uh, are you ready to admit that they're they're the best in in the league right now? And I, I think currently, I think they're the best two receivers in the league as far as like the best receiver duo. Um, it, it's up there. It, it's it's definitely debatable. Um, you, you could put them one. There'd be no argument. You you could put uh, uh, Evans in and Deshaun uh, there. Be no, there'd be no argument. You could yeah. put Kelsey and uh, Hill there. They, they've got the, They've got the same amount of touchdowns. Between between the group of them, 
Um, no, actually, I take that back. The, the Evans and, and Jackson have one more touchdown between the group of them. But but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm liking this Diggs, uh, Diggs Thielen combo. I'm calling them Figs. That's what I'm going to call them, the Figs combo. And, and another underrated, underrated duo to look at through the years is and I think that the, the ones that will, will ultimately pass um, two of those, two of them, I, I think you're talking uh, Fuller and uh, Hopkins is going to be a good duo through, through, the years, through the year as well. Right, and, and they, they will. Fuller and, and Robinson, or, uh, Hopkins rather had themselves a, a hell of a game uh, last week, or well, this past week anyway. They, they had a, a hell of a week two performance. I, I'm pretty excited about, about how uh, they're, they're turning out. Um, the Texans are, um, they, they've got a duo there. They've got a great duo. Uh, currently, are the Texans living up to expectations? Uh, no, it's no. But, but um, they, they've got, uh, I, I believe that Hopkins is a better possession receiver than Fuller. I feel that Fuller is faster. Um, they still do have Sammy Coates over there, which is kind of a, a, a happy little thing to have, but Ultimately, I like I said, I'm, I like this Diggs Thielen combo. I'm, I'm hoping that, that they do it again. I, I think they're going to do it again next week against Buffalo. But um, you know, hell of a performance from them this past week. Um, and and you, you when I when I brought it up, you you were definitively absolutely not no. And uh, now I, I think they're making you eat those words right now. Ooh. The the. Thielen Diggs combo. I didn't say absolutely not. No, I knew there would be a very, very good combo. No, no, you, when, when I brought it up, no, no, no. When I brought it up a few weeks ago, you said, you said, no, absolutely not. If you can find a clip uh, and, and make me up to it, but I do not believe I said that. <laughs> and, and I remembered it, and I was like, really? You don't think they're that good? And you said, no, no, they're no, not. No, they, they like the whole end of the year, number one. I just don't think I said that. I, I think they're the best combo in the league. And and so I, I had to call you out for it because of the fact that you had said no, but after the performance they had this this past week against the pack, I, I just I had to point it out. I had to. Let's talk two and old teams. Uh, well, let we uh, we got some more news. I and, and I'm just getting all the the Vikings crap out of the way because I know you don't like talking about it. Um, so I'm just getting it out of the way early. So the Vikings. Nobody had a more busy week than the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they go out and they, they dump Dan Carlson after his three missed field goals, including the game winner in overtime against the Packers, um, which caused the tie. They go and drop Dan Carlson. They pick up Dan Bailey. How big of a move is this? Uh, it, it's, it's the move I think that every team should have gone for, whether it be the Browns or the Vikings or the, the Rams who needed, needed to replace. Well, I can see why the Rams didn't because Jordan's going to be back in a few weeks. Right. But uh, to me, Dan Bailey was the hot commodity at, at kicker. Yeah, he he was, and and really Dan Bailey. So he goes and picks up, gets picked up by the Vikings. He gets two million a year from the Vikings. He's still technically getting paid his signing bonus from the Cowboys, his eight hundred thousand dollars signing bonus. So he's still getting paid from them. So he winds up with, and he actually turned down quite a few contract offers. He he turned down a four million dollar contract offer from several teams because he wanted to play for a winner, um, and and so he chooses the Vikings. Um, apparently, you know, he's just a happy camper now. He's making his money. Do you think Dan Bailey's going to make the world a difference for the Minnesota Vikings at this point? Yes. Yes. Dan Bailey is the uh, um, officially the uh, second most accurate kicker in, in the history of the football in the yes. football league. Yes. Yeah, he's going to make a very um, immediate impact unless 
there is something about Dan Bailey that, that we don't know that the Dallas Cowboys were aware of, which I do not think is the case. Right. And and also when it comes to, to kickers out there, the Cleveland Browns, like we said earlier, went and signed a, a junkie kicker. There's plenty of available kickers out there. I don't understand why they went and signed the guy that they did. You still have Kai Forbath out on the board. I mean, there's a uh, – Scobie, I think, is still out on the board. I mean, there's a number of, of good quarterbacks – um, a or, I'm sorry, quarterbacks, kickers in this league, um, and and I, I just don't understand the idea uh, of going out and picking up, you know, just a nobody really at this point. So um, the the Vikings make make the proper move, and they go and pick up the the kicker that that they should have uh, picked up. Um, Dan, 100%. yeah, Dan Bailey now off the board. Now Cairo Santos is still available. Um, he's a damn good kicker. Uh, I, I know we're going to laugh at this one that I'm about to say, but we got to remember Blair Walsh is still on the board. He's still out there. Blair Walsh is a good kicker. Um, well, you know, and, and he has a confidence issue, but the, the guy that I think that everybody should have been looking at other than Dan Bailey and, and everybody, you're going to go, Ooh, as soon as I say this one, he may be older. But Nick Novak is still out on there. Nick Novak's a good kicker. Good kicker. Uh, 37 years old, though. That's that's probably the only reason that nobody's looking at him. Another guy that, that I think that people should have been looking at was Patrick Murray was out on the board. And why in the hell did the Browns sign who they did? Yep. And it, it, it just makes you scratch your head. I mean, Roberto Aguayo would have been better than him. Giorgio Tavecchio would have been better than him. Uh, Eddie Perino would have been better than him. Uh Kai Forbath, Sam Ficken. I mean, there, there's guys well, out Ficken's there. Ficken's off the board. Oh, is he off the board finally? Yeah, that, that's who the Rams went with. The, that's who they brought in last year. Oh, yes, so that's right. They brought in a guy who knows the system. No, Taylor, Taylor Bertolet's out on the board. I mean, the, there's a lot of, of kickers that are available right now, and, and they, they go and picked up a guy that, that can't complete uh, 47% of his kicks. I'd they downgraded a kicker. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, really, they, they downgraded um, over one game. So I, I, I just think that's a joke. Um, but continuing onward with the, the Vikings transactions, they go and they pick up Eldrick Robinson at wide receiver after Laquan Treadwell dropped uh, several passes. Um, I understand Eldrick Robinson, he hasn't exactly had a stellar year. The guy's a speedster. He's 29 years old. Um, they signed him to a one-year deal for, for really chump change. Uh if he takes the spot, and something about him, he was working out for the Vikings on Monday. Does he make a huge difference if, if they start utilizing him as a number three? No, I, I don't think so. I think you, you have Diggs, you have Thielen, you have Rudolph. I, I think uh, he gets kind of uh, washed away in the midst there. And just uh, just be a rotation, a rotation or number three spot there, in my opinion. No, Eldrick Robinson, the, the reason I like this pickup, and, and so when it comes to... Treadwell. First of all, we'll start with Treadwell's woes. Treadwell has has not um, played good ball uh, ever since he joined the league. He's arguably been one of the biggest round one busts. Um, I think he's been the, the biggest round one bust in in um, uh, Vikings history almost. I mean, he's he's been right. If he, if not the biggest, he's right up there. Um, when when Treadwell got signed, I was jumping for joy, and and honestly, I, I haven't been impressed. Um, Eldrick Robinson. I mean, Cousins and Robinson go way back, so there there is a, a, a degree of there is a relationship there between Kirk Cousins and Aldrick Robinson, which I'm okay with. 
Um, he played well for the 49ers. I mean, I'm not going to say well, well, but he, he played well enough for the 49ers. Um, he gets picked up as a number three. Now, the Vikings, every now and then, you get burst plays out of their number three guys. Um, and, and you remember Jarius Wright. He's over there playing for Carolina right now. We used to get big plays out of Jarius Wright all the time. Um, I believe Eldrick Robinson, and, and I also believe that Eldrick Robinson is a big upgrade from Stacy Coley, who they released to, to add Eldrick Robinson to their roster. Um, do you think Eldrick Robinson is going to be more explosive than Jarius Wright was? I think it's a wash. You think so? I, I believe that Eldrick Robinson is going to, going to be more of a, a, a big deal because of the fact that he's faster than, than Jarius Wright, and he has just as good a hands. I, I, think, I think you're uh, – I'm going to watch my wording here, but I'm going to use – officially going to use biasly optimistic. <laughs> you, you think I'm drinking the Kool-Aid? A little bit. A little bit. I, I think I think you're, I wouldn't say um, you're going out of your way so always going to be a beast. I think I think you're, I don't I don't think he's going to be a beast. I, 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 I think you're just more like you know what I I, I really want to pan out. You know I I do want it to pan out. I, I want it to pan out like uh, Jarius Wright. We we saw Jarius Wright you know have uh, a few big plays a year. We we knew Jarius Wright a couple times a year he was going to come out there and just light the world on fire for like. Three plays, he would go. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go score a giant fucking touchdown. And then every time we would see Jerry's right do it, I'm hoping Eldrick Robinson kind of performs in that same capacity. I don't believe in Laquan Treadwell anymore, and and I hope Eldrick Robinson can fill that role. So um, the other Viking signing, Tom Johnson, uh, gets re-signed by the Vikings after um, he leaves Seattle. Um, you know, last year. Tom Johnson, uh, he was pretty pretty fantastic for us uh, over in, in Minnesota. Uh, he, he had himself a, a hell of a year. Um, he, he replaced Sharif Floyd, who, who can no longer play football due to an injury. Um, it was a botched surgery. But uh, Tom Johnson came in and, and filled that role, and he did excellent, excellent work. The Vikings... Um, they, they saw him hit free agency, and they brought him in. They had already signed Sheldon Richardson as his replacement, who I feel by far, and I think you'll agree with me, is, is better. But, um, you know, I mean, Johnson, uh, he, he's a hell of a tackle, and he's got a great mind for, for the Vikings offense. He, he did really well. Um, he was a cap casualty, really, for Seattle. Uh, and, and he signs a $1.5 million deal with the Vikings, and, and he fills that, that depth role that they need at defensive tackle. Tyler, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's a good sign. You bring familiarity back, and, and uh, I, I think he'll, he'll, he'll prove to uh, keep that defense in, in its stout form that it's going to be and needs to be. Right, and, and the Vikings don't really uh, lose much. They, they release nose tackle David Perry, who, who was just he was a nose tackle. So he was more suited for a three-four. Anyway, they get Tom Johnson, who I mean, even though he's a veteran, um, he, he's a true three-technique player. I like him a lot. Uh, he, he's in his eighth year, um, so I, I'm pretty happy about this re-signing. I thought it was a brilliant move by the Vikings uh, to to get a little bit of depth and in, in, in case one either Linval Joseph or Sheldon Richardson go down with injury, um, you know, we we wind up. Uh, uh, in good shape, and it might help the Vikings. Vikings are having a few troubles with um, uh, pass rush. Tom Johnson was very good in the pass rush last year. Uh, Vikings are also having some trouble with their O line. Maybe they can address that next. Um, not a whole lot of rushing yards there. A lot of passing yards, but not a whole lot of rushing yards there for the Vikings. So uh, a few troubles there. 
Um, moving onward to uh, signings and trades and retirements, um, let's talk uh, Josh Gordon here. Oh. oh, Josh Gordon. You love Josh Gordon. I do. And why do the Patriots seem to get everything? The, the, they get Corey Coleman. They get Josh Gordon. You know, and here's the thing about, about the Josh Gordon move. Okay, so the Patriots have had a fun fact. Since March, the New England Patriots have have cycled through 28 wide receivers. That's the Belichick way. They, they've cycled through 28 wide receivers. Um, Josh Gordon is is the the newest addition. They they cycled through Corey Coleman. They they I mean the the Patriots have have just I mean receivers after receivers after receivers after receivers and and so number one first question can Josh Gordon stay clean? I don't know. I don't know that he can. And and, and that's question of the day. And but I what I stand by is when he's clean and when he plays he's one of the best receivers in this league. Mm -hmm. He has two years off, and everyone thinks when he comes back, oh, he's been off two years, he's always gained weight, or he's lost speed, or he's lost this and that. He comes in and he just tears the house down. But he hasn't he hasn't torn the house down yet. We're we're waiting on that. Well he's not he's not the starter. No, he's not the starter. Um well, I even in Cleveland he was not deemed the starter. No, he wasn't. Um I, I want to see if Josh Gordon can be the Josh Gordon that we've seen for such a long time. And if he is, this leads in trouble with who's throwing the ball. Right. I, I mean, Tom Brady could could create something. I, and Tom Brady, you know, he went out in a, in a news interview saying, you know, it's kind of unrealistic to expect uh, immediate amazing success out of Josh Gordon. Same time, I'm expecting immediate success out of Josh Gordon. He knows how to play this game. And, and you know what? I, I want to see if the Patriots can sign him to a long-term deal. I think Gordon was on a contract year, wasn't he? He's only making 700000 Yeah, he's. He, I mean, you could really sign him to a long-term deal for cheap and see if he really pans out. No signing bonus necessary. Uh, it, it could turn out to be a, a fantastic, brilliant move by uh, um, uh, Belichick and company. And, and Robert Kraft, uh, he likes... Josh Gordon. He's in a contract year. Why not? Let's take a shot at him. So uh, I'm okay with this move. He's only 27 years old. He's got a lot of tread left on the tires. He's technically technically entering his prime, but uh, I mean we'll see about all that. Um, so speaking of, of receivers, moving down the receiver train here, Antonio Brown, no shows to practice on Monday. And, and this is coming off of, uh, I can't remember who said it, but... It was a fan. Um, someone said that his success can be... Um, all given to to uh, Big Ben, and I'm going to disagree. I've, I've seen Antonio Brown make some brilliant catches that he's had to do the work. Antonio Brown is this league's best receiver, and it, it amazes me that Brown is <coughs> letting that get to his head. Well, and and Anto Antonio Brown, I mean, he he showed up uh, on Tuesday. Um, Really, uh, Tomlin says he disciplined Antonio Brown for the no-show. Uh, do you believe that Antonio Brown was properly um, disciplined in this situation? Um, I mean, I don't think he was disciplined at all. I, mean, I don't think, uh, and maybe this is my uh, Pittsburgh Steelers bias, but I don't think uh, Mike Town has a spine. Right. I don't. I don't think anything he said. I, I think he it shows that Mike Tomlin has lost this team. 
to be honest with you. I agree with, with this and the whole Bell situation. Yeah, I, I think this is, I don't think it's as bad as, as we've seen in Detroit where, with, with this, uh, our, I, I'm going to use the term shit show that, that we've seen up here in Detroit. But, but what I am going to say is that, that um, Antonio Brown has shown that Mike Tomlin has lost control of his football team. He is not that authoritative figure that we, we believe that Mike Tomlin was. I've never believed Mike Tomlin to be a uh, authority figure. And, and Well, I mean, I, I believed he was for a little while there. But uh, he, he really hasn't... Uh, to, to me, Mike Tomlin has less of a backbone than Dungy. Wow, that's powerful. Mike Tomlin walked into a Super Bowl-ready team and just rolled with it. Yeah, I guess. Tomlin had that team um, under under a whip and chain. Mm-hmm. And and that, that team has just kind of stayed there. And just, it's slowly but surely with the uh, lack of authority that Tomlin has finally starting to unravel itself. Yep. And and this, is, this all comes on the heel of him arguing with his uh, – uh, Offensive coordinator on the sideline, a fan said, oh, well, we should trade his ass, and he's not living up to expectations. Uh, thus far, he's got 18 catches, 160 yards, and a touchdown. So he's not having a bad year, um, not not living up to the expectations of his monster contract. Uh, he'll, he'll, pick, he'll pick it up. It's in Hunter Brown. And that's the hope, but we'll, we'll see. Um, right now, it, it seems like a kind of a, a circus show over there um, in uh, – in Pittsburgh. Now, speaking of Pittsburgh, moving forward, we got Le'Veon Bell has officially been removed from the Steelers roster. Does this mean that Le'Veon Bell will not return? Um, he will not return for the for the rest of the season. Now, now, does that what is that what that means at this point? I don't think it's what that means, but I think it's Steelers' way of saying we have James Conner and we're happy with that. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, we they could be. Um, I, do, okay, Le'Veon Bell, great runner. Does Le'Veon Bell now no, week ten? He's he's got to hold out till week ten, and then and then after that he's got to get his ass on the field. Now, does if you're Le'Veon Bell at this point, do you get your ass on the field at week ten or week eleven or whatever week? I think it's week ten. He has to be back by. He, he can sit out ten weeks. He has to be back on the field for week eleven. Yes. Um. I don't see why he's not in the field. I mean, sitting out a year is, if you don't plan on being in Pittsburgh, sitting out a year is going to affect him. It's going to take a few million, shave a few million a year off your off your contract because you're sitting out for a year. Does he get signed to a monster contract? Oh, does, yeah. does, does a team out there say, I'm going to sign Le'Veon Bell to a monster contract at this point and just not care about the fact that he's sitting out? 100%. <clears throat> I think a team does. And I agree. I, I think I think a team takes makes the move on the guy. Um Le'Veon, I mean, he's got, like you said, he's got 10 weeks. Um, I mean, James Conner has, has lived up to expectations, for sure. I mean, he, he he's playing good football. I mean, he, he didn't have a, a monster rushing week against the Chiefs. I, I'm not going to say he had that, that same week. Um, he don't, but he, he did get five receptions. He, did, he was making plays through the air. Um, <clears throat> so is James Conner the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point? For now, yes. Okay. I'm not going to say he's going to be this uh, leading the league 10 years in a row type of thing. James Conner is serviceable. I think uh, he would be a system guy. I think uh, Steers have shown that they that backup running backs can, can play well when Bell's not playing. Bell's missed games every year, and in those games, the, the running back to take over has been just fine. And the hope is that for the Pittsburgh Steelers that James Conner explodes, especially for the money he's making. 
500,000, 600,000, 700,000 for the next three years. I, I would like to see James Conner explode. Um, after I his would per- not. <laughs> after his performance last week, I mean, we're not, I mean, that, that says we're not going to see him explode. Um, after his performance last week, I mean, 17 yards isn't exactly something to be excited about. But, um, but I mean, he did make up for it in the air. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he did. But, I, I mean, I, when, I, when I'm seeing a, a running back, I want to see a 100-yard rushing game, especially when you're replacing one of the, the most prolific rushers in the game. So, um, you know, Le'Veon, I think he sits out. Now, if Le'Veon comes back to the field at Week 11, does Le'Veon start over James Conner? No. No. Do you think Mike Tomlin leaves him on a field, uh, off the field to, uh, to create a, um, a message? I do. I do. I think, I think Le'Veon Bell, even after Week 11, he'll be suited up sitting on the sidelines. Oh, boy. Um, now, when, along the lines of, of running backs, LaShawn McCoy was hurt over this past weekend. Um, for the Buffalo Bills here. Um, now, is, is LaShawn McCoy uh, – how badly does this affect the Buffalo Bills offense? We'll start with that. <laughs> I mean, like, realistically, because McCoy, McCoy hasn't been putting up numbers. Well, that, that's because the Bills have been playing from behind almost out of the gate. Right. Um. I think on paper you're going to see that this is not going to have a major effect just because the off, the offense is going to be playing from behind all year. But as a whole, it is a big it is a, it is a big hit because Le'Veon not Le'Veon um, Lashawn McCoy is still a uh, very very good running back. I think they're going to miss him. Yeah, I, I think they they will. I don't think he's he's going to be out for a while. But um, I just want to say that. I, well, I guess here's another question. Here, here's a, another big question about about Lashawn McCoy. How much of this is Lashawn McCoy's um, legal situation that's been going on? Uh, you know, for, first Lashawn McCoy has has a legal situation for uh, a murder case where his his brother was involved in murder, um, and then now he's got another legal case about about the. Uh, abuse of his son. Um, how, how much of that affecting Le'Veon Bell's running right now? Do you think? No, Lashawn McCoy. Or I'm, I'm sorry, Lashawn McCoy. I, I did it. I did it too. Lashawn McCoy. I, I, how much? How much is this affecting his his running though? I, I think it is. I mean, he's, he's he's got a lot in his mind personally, and I think uh, I mean, just just when you look at football, I mean, your job, my job. I mean, how, how, how many times can you? How many fingers do you need to count the amount of times that you've had a rough day at work because of stuff you had going on personally? You're right, and and that's um, there, there's a a lot of issues there. I mean, he, Lashawn. I mean, he, but he, he's not performing up to his expectations. Um, how how likely do you think it is that the Buffalo Bills, if if Lashawn McCoy doesn't step on it at this point, uh? How likely is it that the Buffalo Bills release LaShawn McCoy at the end of the season? He could be a cat casualty as the Bills are going into a rebuild session. So I can see um, McCoy being a casualty there, but I think they should go the route of trading him first. Mm-hmm. He's got now with this year and next year, he's got he's got those those years left on his contract. So as of at the end of this year, he'll have this one year deal left, and that'll be the highest amount he's going to make six point one seven five. Do you think he gets traded out of Buffalo? I do. Yeah, I do. See him. See him heading out. 
Um, I, I kind of agree with you there. I, I believe that, that LaShawn, he could be heading out of Buffalo. Um, I, I, I would, <clears throat> if I'm, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'm, I'm sad to see him go, but at 31 years old, might be time to, to, for LaShawn to see his way out. Now, speaking of Buffalo, um, you're going to Ponte Davis, aren't you? What kind of player retires at halftime? Who does that? Who, like, I mean, like, that's like a little kid getting his ass kicked in a video game and just rage quitting on it. You mean like you in the Super Bowl? Yes, yes. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I got angry at Tyler. He was story time. He was kicking my ass so bad in that Super Bowl game. It was definitely like the the computer was like, Scott, you are not winning this game. And I had won the first three freaking Super Bowls, and and it was just Tyler just started pounding the crap out of me in that. And that fourth Super Bowl that I had made it to, and and it was just like, well, there goes my my Super Bowl run. You could tell that the computer was just like, no, never again. So there was I, I saw a meme on, on, online earlier. I shared it with Scott. It's a uh, it's a picture of that that iconic scene in Forrest Gump where Forrest Gump's running and he, he decides that he's he's done. They uh, have uh, Monte Davis's face on Forrest Gump's body. And then, and then the uh, crowd that was following him was the rest of the Bills. <laughs> and the caption was, oh, I'm getting tired. I'm going to go home now. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I mean, he just, out of nowhere, like, I'm, I'm just retiring. Like, like how are you just going to, like, abandon your team like that? 30 years old, so you're, you're, he's not even that old. <clears throat> and, and it was just like, why? Why? He, he's, and he claims, you know, oh, I just wasn't playing at a high level and, I, I just had to, to go, no, no, no. Let's just face the fact, Vontae Davis, you quit because you were getting your ass kicked. And your team was getting your ass kicked. And you didn't want to play for a loser. Bold prediction time. What's that? He ends up not retiring. The Bills trade him within two weeks. I can almost guarantee. I think Vontae Davis, I don't think he's going to retire. I, I think Vontae Davis, he, there's, there's two things that are going to happen here. One of two. Either Vontae Davis is going to return to this league and he's going to get re-signed by another team and, and they're going to, the Bills are going to be claiming his rights and another team is going to say, oh, well, we'll go ahead and you know give you that big contract and we'll pay off your, your leftover deal with the Bills because they're going to have rights to him. Or Vontae Davis is, is going to return to the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Bills will trade him. But, I mean, it's going to be one way or the other that that's going to go on. The, the fact that, however, that Vontae Davis <clears throat> quit, basically just like said, in the middle of his job, basically just said, eh, to hell with it, I'm leaving, F this, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, That's basically what happened. I mean, I, I don't understand it. Like, I, I get that the Bills are doing bad, I get that they're not playing good football, but, but I think it kind of shows the type of person and, and really the type of man that Vontae Davis is, or lack thereof, I am not impressed with Vontae Davis at this point. I think that he's just, uh, I mean, <clears throat> that's that's trash, man. That's a trashy way to go out. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I despise um, uh, the way that, that he, he did that. Um, it was just a mess. Just a mess. Now, <clears throat> moving forward, um, while, we're, while we're kind of talking about, about Buffalo Bills here, um, the former Buffalo Bill, Ryan Fitzpatrick, currently is leading... The league in passing, Tyler. <clears throat> is it a fluke? Is it a fluke? 
Yes. It is a fluke. Now, now, why is it a fluke? I, I, don't, <clears throat> I, I, I don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick to have a full season like that. I don't either. Now, now Ryan Fitzpatrick, we've seen this story before. We've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, he goes 8-0 with the Buffalo Bills and then drops the last eight. We've seen this story before, and everybody's freaking out right now. Everybody's losing their mind. Oh, look at Ryan Fitzpatrick go. Hey, kudos to Ryan Fitzpatrick and going out there and looking like Conor McGregor in his post-game interview. You know, and, and you know, is he going to steal this job from Jameis? Probably. He's probably going to steal the job from Jameis Winston and, and you know, wahoo for him. But <clears throat> is Ryan Fitzpatrick for real? I don't think he is. I think he's had a couple of really good games with a really good receiving core. Let's face facts. I mean, Deshaun Jackson and and, and Mike Evans are, are two great receivers that know how to get open. They've had good numbers. Um, I mean, Fitzpatrick's having himself a, a hell of a season right now, but we're two games in. Do you believe Ryan Fitzpatrick goes out and lights the world on fire for the, the next 14 games? No, I don't, but... He's making it hard for me to continue to keep saying that. Right, and, and it's starting to become a little difficult, but I, I want to see how week three goes. And, and I, I mean, okay, he, he faced a, a, um, the New Orleans Saints uh, defense in, in week one, which we, we really thought was, was a great defense, and, and they turned out to be a nothing defense. No, you thought. Well, I thought, yes. But, but they turned out to, to truly be a nothing defense. He puts up 417 on them, 402 on the Eagles, who – have a good defense. I mean, let's face facts. They 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 held the Atlanta Falcons to twelve points. So I want to I want to see um, what Ryan Fitzpatrick actually winds up doing in Week Three. Um, <laughs> it, this is just the I, I get the guy's in the the twilight of his career, uh, and he's just just tearing the world apart. I mean, next up he he's going to be facing the Steelers. He's going to be facing on another facing another challenge. Um, does he do the same thing to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Tyler? To me, he's going to face the worst defense of the three. You think so? The Steelers defense is this is it's not what it used to be. This yeah, they're argue well, not arguably they are the third best defense at best in the division, mm -hmm. maybe even fourth. Um, so this week, I think he does. I think uh, I think Ryan Patrick goes out there and lights the world on fire again. Really? Now. I'm, I'm gonna. Um, I, I want to take a look at this because I'm. I, I want to see where they rank. Um, so Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. They're kind of a middle of the road defense. But just keep in mind, they also Patrick Mahomes just put a six a six spot on him. Defense. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the Steelers defense. Steelers defense right now ranks 14th um, in passing, in spite of that that six spot. So I mean, we we've got a. You know they're they're kind of middle of the road, um, and and here's a, another interesting fun fact about this whole thing. Um, rushing defense, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ranked number two in in rushing defense, um, which is terrifying. But they do rank 31 in pass defense. So so Big Ben's gonna have a game. I think so. Uh, total offense, though, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do lead the league. You got the two most prolific offenses in the league right now, getting ready to to take off. You got so on paper it could be a fun game. Yeah, you got the number one and number two offenses in the league getting ready to to have themselves a, a matchup. So that that's kind of an exciting thing. Um, staying on that quarterback wagon here, 
Um, I'm going to go ahead. Patrick Mahomes. Is Patrick Mahomes for real, Tyler? I think he might be. Like, really? I'm kind of jumping on the Patrick Mahomes train here. A lot of people are. And I, I, I know it's the popular thing to do, but I, I, I like what Patrick Mahomes is doing. He's, he's being accurate. He's throwing the ball. He's, 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 he's reading defenses. He's putting up six touchdown games. He's has 10 touchdowns in two games. I, I like Mahomes a lot right now. Now they rank number nine in the pass, which is is pretty damn good for for a guy. I mean, he, he's got he's got a really good red zone offense. They're, they're showing off. Uh, does Patrick is Patrick Mahomes the the new Tom Brady? Is is he is he, the, is, he is he going to be is he going to be the next big thing in the NFL? Is he the guy that they're passing the torch to? I mean, for a long time we were talking Andrew Luck was the guy that they were going to passing the torch to. Now we're talking Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden, and Andrew Luck is an afterthought. I think we're a little early on that, but I think Patrick Mahomes is he's making all the right moves to uh, to to go to that route. Um, I, I'm really excited to watch him the rest of this year and see how he progresses. Mm -hmm. And and uh, the last question on the quarterback train, um, and and I got to ask it after signing the big contract, is Kirk Cousins for real? I told you this in preseason. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, this team's going is going to be a, a challenge for. For the NFC to go to the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. and and I think that they, that he's going to be the big reason if they do go. The big problem that you're having with Minnesota is is the offensive line there. I think they got to get him protected a little bit better. Um, the the Vikings didn't do much to address the situation in the off season. Um, Pat Elfline's been sitting on the shelf for a little while here, um, so I want to see what they do to to help protect him. But ultimately, and and speaking of protection, Andy Levitre for the Atlanta Falcons down. Um, he hits IR. Um, how badly does this affect Matty Ice? How badly does this affect the Atlanta Falcons? I think the Atlanta Falcons are, are starting this year off not the right foot, and I, I think this could have an effect. Yeah, I, I believe that, that um, you know, it, it, it means a lot of things. It means that Matty Ice is, is losing a, a proven guard. Um, I, he hits IR. Uh, it's a triceps injury. He's not going to come back this season. He, he's basically done. Um, I mean, and, and that leaves you Wes Schweitzer as your, your starting left guard. And, and everybody's kind of going, who? Um, Schweitzer, he hasn't had a very, very good track record uh, sitting on the line there. Um, he, he's got a lot to prove, basically, at this point. He's young. He's, I don't believe he's the guy. He's a backup. That's it. Um, and, and the Falcons have been planning for Andrew Levitre to leave the team for a while. He's in the last year of his deal. So do, at this point, are you, are you looking to re-sign him, or are you looking to, to draft a new guy? I think you're drafting somebody in the, in the draft this year is, is my guess. Yep, 32 years old. I, I'm with you on that one. I think Levitre goes somewhere else, gets a, a good-sized deal, and, and is a long-term starting guard. But I think the Atlanta Falcons, now that he's down – they're going to be searching for another guard um, uh, moving forward. Um, so, Levitre goes down. Um, Mike Wallace also hits IR this week. Uh, they sign the, the Eagles sign Jordan Matthews. Um, the guy who knows the offense pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was smart, smart signing, I think. Um, well, I mean, Jordan Matthews, I, I like Jordan Matthews. Is he a game changer? No. No. I, I don't believe he is. Um, I, I I like the signing. I don't think he's he's perfect. Uh, 
it, it, Mike Wallace has a fractured fibula, so he's going to be out basically for the year. Um, it, it, this is going to be a, a fun one, I think. It, it, do you think he's going to be a good complement to uh, to Elshon Jeffrey? Is he going to be the complement that Mike Wallace is? No, he's not going to be quite Mike Wallace. And so and, it's going to hit the team a little bit. And is he going to be the number three over there, or is he going to be the number two? Because we've seen, you know, the guy that nobody seems to be talking about? Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar has been lighting up the world um, over in – in uh, Philadelphia, there. No, I, I like I like Aguilar. I think Aguilar is kind of arguably one. Yeah, he's he's kind of a, and he's he's shown up in a, in a really weird way. Eight receptions, thirty three yards. He hasn't he didn't have a touchdown in the game one, but he had eight receptions and he was weirdly like extending plays and 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 getting first downs. It was weird. And then and then over in, in uh, Tampa when he, when they took on the Bucks, eight receptions, 88 yards and a touchdown. Nelson Aguilar has been showing his worth. And, and when he was drafted, we were talking about how he's going to be, you know, a great slot receiver. Everybody was saying Nelson Aguilar, he's great in the slot. And, um, you know, he, his first year he didn't come, he didn't come to play. He, everybody was saying, oh, man, this guy's a big bust. And then the last two years, Nelson Aguilar has turned out to, to be one of the better slot receivers in the game, and I've been super impressed with him. Uh, he was a first-rounder in 2015. I like Nelson Aguilar. I, I think he's he's just going to be a, a tremendous asset um, for the Eagles. But I, I think this Jordan Matthews thing right now, I think Jordan Matthews winds up being the number three um Compared to to the Elshon Jeffrey Nelson Aguilar combo, I, I agree hundred yep. percent. I'm, I'm a big fan of Aguilar, and I, I think Jordan Matthews he helps this team, but it's not in the way that people think. Yes. Um, now, Tyler. Last but not least in our stories, let's talk um, trouble teams and surprise teams. Oh, hold on. Let me quick hit you real quick. Oh, you're gonna hit me. Just uh, so Carson, Carson Wentz is back, um, uh-huh. but it sounds like they. Um, they're going to ease him back in. So he's going to start this week, but Wentz being back is a big deal for the Eagles because Wentz is three times a quarterback that plays. I'm sorry. Yes. Wentz Super Bowl or not, um, Carson Wentz being back is a big deal for this Eagles team. I agree. As a talk about the Eagles. <coughs> so that, that that's huge. And but I will say, um, don't force it. If you need if you need to uh, sub in Foles, do it. Don't. Yep. Don't, don't force it. Not at all. Now, um, and just two little things here. We just kind of, kind of get an opinion from both sides here. Um, quarterback hit rule, Scott. Quarterback hit rule. Oh my lord! Now it, you know, we were we were talking about this quarterback hit rule a couple week a couple weeks ago, um, and we were making a big deal about it. Um, I, I hate this rule. I hate it. I'm gonna I'm gonna first and first and foremost say I hate the rule because you know when you hit a quarterback. Um, the the new rule is that you can't put your weight down on a quarterback. You you when you can't you know uh, uh, throw them to the ground and land with all of your weight on them. Um, it's it's something against the the rules. They they want to keep guys safe. They call it the Aaron Rodgers rule. Well, ironically, um, over the course of the last two weeks, Clay Matthews has been called twice for this penalty. Um, both times for for hitting a quarterback, putting his weight down on him, including last week. He, he basically costed his team the, the game um, and, and caused it to be a tie. It gave the Vikings, it negated an interception, gave the Vikings back in football. Vikings drove downfield and scored. So at this point, um, are you talking about whether or not this, this hit rule 
uh, is good or bad. Uh, Tyler, do you think this is a good rule? First of all, we'll start well, with no, that. I, I, I do not like the rule. I think you're, you're, you're adding too much stipulation in the defense to make it too hard defense to, to play the game. Yep. But looking at week one, there was only one call. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised that they're, that they're not calling as much as they could have. But it seemed to come to play a lot more week two. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the rule, but it's 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 not hit hard as the, hit as hard as I expected it to. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, and and it, they they say it's a, here's my thing is is that you know they they create this quarterback hit rule because they want to they want to protect uh, basically let's face facts they want to protect Aaron the baby Rogers. I mean that's that he's a sweetheart he's the sweetheart of the league and they just wanted to protect him. Um, and he whined and complained and whined and complained and then he gets this this call. And now it's happening to the Packers over and over and over again. Um, and, and now Mike McCarthy is going, well, we want some clarity on this. What do you mean you want clarity? Don't throw your weight down on the quarterback. You, you tackle him, great. Don't freaking body slam the guy. You, you don't need to, to give him a, a giant top rope splash here. You tackle the quarterback, and that's that. Um, yeah. You know, Grady Jarrett was, was called for it. Uh, Clay Matthews was called for it. He's been called twice. So, I mean, it's been three times now that we've, we've seen it come into play. But it's just the fact, don't fall on the quarterback. Don't do it. You hit quarterback, you don't fall on him, period. You, you tackle him, you bring him down, you can take him to the turf, but you don't need to, to take your shoulder and ram his guts out to the point where he's crapping his pants. And I think that's, that's you know, Mike McCarthy was, was all proud of himself, and, and Aaron Rodgers was all proud of himself, running around here going, oh, yeah, we got, we got this quarterback hit rule. This is a great idea. And then next thing you know, they're getting called for it, and they're asking for clarity. Get your life together, Green Bay. Either, I mean, that's just the fact. And I'm not just saying that because I don't like Packers and I don't like you. Uh, I'm, I'm saying it because it's freaking stupid of you to be all proud of yourself for, for your uh, uh, rule, for your Aaron Rodgers rule. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're wondering why you're getting called for it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's stupid. You know the rule. Be an adult. Quit asking questions. Quit playing coy. Quit playing dumb. And, and accept the fact that your guy is violating the NFL's rule. Period. That's just the bottom line on it. Overtime rules. Overtime rules. Um, so here's where I'm at on it. So initially, so we, we dropped down to 10-minute overtime. Yes. So initially, I was like, well, especially with the ties. Yep, we've had two in two weeks. Yep, this is dumb. Uh, That's the first thought. Yes. But I, I did see something online that kind of changed my mind. And that is, if you can't win a game in 70 minutes, you don't deserve to win. Well, here's in my... In sense that, that I, I agree with that. But you're gonna, it's going to cause a lot more ties. Here's my thing about, about the NFL's current rule. Um, and, and so, okay. The, the problem with the, the overtime, number one, I'm going to say, thank God it's not college rules, because college overtime rules suck. I'm going to start yeah, with that. I, I agree. I, I, I hate college overtime rules. It's why I, one of the reasons I don't like college football. Uh, you know, you can't just stick a team in the red zone and just say, go score a touchdown and, and make it that easy for them. Football is made to be played on the entire field. Make them play on the entire field. We'll start there. Now, so, you know, for all those folks out there that are saying, oh, we should just go to college overtime rules. No, you're dumb. Stop. Now, the second part is with the overtime rules. Now, I kind of get what you're saying. If you can't win a football game in 70 minutes, then, then you shouldn't be playing football. 
How many times do we see drives go 60 or six minutes or more? You're right. So, so we've got a 10-minute extra quarter where we've got a drive that goes, say, seven and a half minutes. So that leaves the other, and, and then the guy kicks a field goal. And then that leaves the other team two and a half minutes to drive downfield and kick a field goal. And then time expires. You know, you get what I'm saying? You, I, you, I do, but in both cases of the season, in both cases, you're talking three, you're, between both games, you're talking one, two, three. You're looking six missed field goals in overtime. Right, and we're, we're so, talking we're talking missed field goals so here. So in, in these two cases, um, um, as much as I agree that yes, drives take time. I think in both these cases, neither term, neither team deserved to win because you're talking missed field goals galore in overtime. I think I think even with 15 minutes, these two these four teams don't deserve a win. They I, deserve I, a tie. And and I don't I don't believe in that. Here's my thing: even if those field goals were made. You know, even if, like, the first field goal was made, the Packers could have driven downfield and kicked a field goal. I mean, that may have changed the whole course of things. It doesn't mean that, that you know, the, the Packers would have gone downfield and Mason Crosby would be kicking a field goal wide right. We, you know, it could have changed the course of history there. But, but the, to me, if you're, if you're going to do it, and if you're going to have an overtime, you can't just solidify it to, to such a brief period of time. If you're going to have an overtime, you should do two quarters, and then, if they can't get it done at two quarters, nobody deserves the win. But it, you, you do two quarters, even if they were two 10-minute quarters, or even if they were one was a 15 and one was a 10. Something, something to extend it to at least a double overtime, because games should be allowed to go into a double overtime. I don't think that, that 10 minutes is enough time, especially when you get one team that can drive downfield. I mean, you could have a nine-minute drive. A team could drive down the field nine minutes and then kick the field goal with ten seconds left, and then you know the other team go, or, or try and kick the field goal and then they miss it, and then the other team's got what fifty nine seconds. I mean, I, I'm with, I, I, you I, know, it's, I hear you. It, it just seems like like too brief of a period of time to sit there and say, yeah, yeah, we we're gonna do this. You know, I I don't I don't somehow it's just not registering with me. I just don't think it's it makes a whole lot of sense. You got to extend the time. You got to make it a real overtime, not just some ten-minute. Ooh, let's hope for the best thing. You know, drives drives take a lot longer than than the NFL is giving these players credit for. I mean, even a fifteen-minute quarter would be fine. I mean, just you got to extend it somehow to make it fair. You know, and and we always talk about you know, and and I don't think I agree that it shouldn't be sudden death. You know, where where yo oh, a field goal's kicked and that's that. It shouldn't be that. I, I agree with the idea of making it more difficult, but I also I can't get behind the idea of it being such a short amount of time. And, and I, I hear you. It's, but ties do make things interesting. And they do, because they basically count as half of a win at this point. And we've had two ties in two weeks, which is just... Record setting. Yeah, it's record setting. Record setting, and it's insanity at this point, thanks to all the, the special teams blunders. Um, so... So to to, to uh, end around the league and stories here, we're going to talk about two and zero and two teams. Yes. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna um give you a uh, I'm I'm gonna cut your momentum in half here. Go for so it. So we'll start with two and zero teams. Which which two you have you have them all pulled up? Uh, let me let me pull up my standings here. Oh, calm down, calm down. Okay, go. So I'm gonna throw a curveball. Oh boy. Which two and O team is the most legit, and you and uh, you have to exclude Rams and and Jaguars. 
Which 2-0 team is the most legit, excluding Rams and Jags? Kansas City Chiefs. I agree. I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think you can you can <coughs> make that case for any anyone else. Um, can't make it for the Bucks. You don't know what Fitzpatrick's going to do. But theoretically, though, just to put <coughs> on the market, you don't know what Mahomes is going to do either. You don't know what Mahomes is going to do, but at, at the same time, I, I believe in the Kansas City Chiefs a lot more. And I, I don't. We don't know that Fitzpatrick is even going to have this job if James Winston gets back. Which two and zero team? Is just a Cinderella story is going to end with the Bucks. It's either the Dolphins or the Bengals. <clears throat> I think Dolphins strike me more as uh, gotten lucky so far. Yeah. The schedule they, they they haven't faced anybody. Yeah, I, I they they haven't faced anybody good. Um, it, they're surprising two and zero because I expected them to be far worse. That at this point, you know, I expected them to be more in the zero and two realm, but. Um, yeah, I think I think the Dolphins are gonna they're gonna fall from grace pretty quick here. Uh, yeah, Ryan Tannehill has not played well. I mean, last week he didn't he didn't play well. He barely broke 150 yards. I mean, you're gonna see them flounder pretty quick here. Um, they've got they've got a, a a decent game coming up. They're gonna be taking on the Oakland Raiders. So so. They've got another opportunity to win here. I mean, they've got a fairly weak schedule. If you look at their schedule, let, let, I'll put it this way. Over the course of the next six games, they have the Raiders, right, who have not played well. And then they're probably going to suffer their first loss against the Patriots. And then they've got the Bengals, who have barely played well. And then you've got the Bears, who are decent, but are they great? Then you got the Detroit Lions. And then you've got the Houston Texans. So, so the Miami Dolphins don't have like a, an incredibly difficult schedule looking forward here. So, I mean, will they fall? Will they, they suffer their first loss? Yeah, they're going to suffer it. I mean, if, if they don't do it this week, they're going to lose to the Patriots. But uh, I think the Dolphins could, could suffer their first loss. Um, the, uh, the Bengals, if you're looking at their next six games... Now, now, you're going to laugh at this one. Next two games, Panthers and Falcons. That just Theoretically, that strikes they're going to go <laughs> two and two. Yes. But neither of those teams have looked like the stellar team that we both predicted them both to be. No, they haven't. But, I mean, have they been better than the Cincinnati Bengals? I think so. Um, the Miami Dolphins, they, they, I think the Bengals, they could go either way. They, they take on the Steelers. Um, which I, I think is going to be a loss for them. They take on the Chiefs, which is because the Steelers have not looked great. Uh, they haven't looked great, but they haven't looked horrible. Um, then you got the the Bungles taking on the Chiefs, and then you got the Bungles and the Bucks. So I mean, I, if I'm looking at the the Bengals next six games versus the Dolphins six game next six games, I'm thinking the Bengals wind up in much worse shape after that stretch. And I hope you're right. <clears throat> I, I know you For do. I, I know you do, but I, I, I think that's going to be the reality there. So, 0-2 teams. Yes. Which 0-2 team is the best and has the best chance of turning things around? The best, uh, the team that has the... Two strikeouts. You go ahead. I want to see if you're thinking what I'm thinking. It's... No, no. Okay, I'm going to say this before we get before we continue. 
Are we including 0-2 teams, or are we including 0-1-1 teams? 0-2. Just strictly 0-2. It was 0-1-1 they haven't had. Okay. I'm, I'm going with the Houston Texans. I am also going with Houston Texans, but I think the Oakland Raiders also have a chance to bring these guys as well. You love Derek Carr, don't you? I do You just love, love him. You just want to kiss that man. But I think, I, well, I think Houston has played closer games, but I also don't like Houston's loss against uh, the uh, Titans. Yes. Um, and uh, they didn't just lose the Titans. They lost to a, to a uh, what's his name? The backup who's just been listed in there. Uh, ah, why can't I think of his name? Maybe of his backup. Uh, he sucks. Um, I, I know who it is, Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> but uh, just, <laughs> I was Texas waiting. Texas lost to a Blaine Gabbert-run Titans. Yes. That is frightening for the Texans. And, uh, it's, and a, it's a little disturbing. I, I think the Texans could turn it around. It, it really dep- This falls on Watson, and can he turn it up? I'm going to go Oakland on this one just, to, just yeah. because of that. Ooh. Yep. So I'm going to go Oakland as a team to turn it around. That's, that's a big one, especially after the losses they've suffered. And, and really, they haven't played poorly. I mean, one of them to the Rams. I mean, they're, they're yeah. going to lose the Rams. Right, but, but they, they, played, they, they didn't play poorly against Denver. They, they held Denver to 20, and they only lost by one. So I, 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 I can see where you're coming from. Um, I think Houston has a, a late rally here. And I, I, I think the Houston Texans are going to pick up a, a few in the first eight. They're going to pick up maybe two, three wins in the first eight. And then the, down the stretch, they're going to blow up, I think. So I, I, I'm waiting for that moment when they explode. I, I, I actually believe Houston could, could end with double-digit wins still. So that's, that's kind of where I'm going with that. Now, Tyler, it's that time. Yeah, you want to know the score? It, what is the score? So I am at, well, we both had a rough week. Yes. A lot of things going on. We both went for the week-wise with 6-9-1 because of highs. Mm-hmm. Um, so through two weeks, I am at 16-14-2, mm-hmm. which is not good, but no. got you by four games. You got me by four games. Which, which, which 12-18-2. Which really I, I'm not losing my mind about. It's four games. Now, if, you, if I go down by like ten games, then we're in trouble. But I'm keeping up with you all right. I guess. <coughs> I had a rough week one. I, I'm, it's okay. It's okay. So let's go to week three. Week three, baby. Here we go. So uh, week three, um, we're looking at Jets and Browns tomorrow night. Uh, this one's actually a little tough. Nah. I'm going nah. Cleveland Browns get their first Browns. W. I'm going with Cleveland. The, the streak's over. The Browns streak. I, the, the streak ends. I think the Browns defense is going to be the big story here. Oh, 100%. Yep. Um, Browns defense is going to uh, rock Darnold hard over Yep. I, I believe the, the Browns come up with their first W. Um Next up, we got the Vikings and the Bills. Vikings, Vikings all, all day. Kirk Cousins going to have a field day in this one. The Bills are just, they're not prepared for what's coming. I'm going Vikings all day. And in the next one, we've got kind of a toilet bowl matchup. The New York Giants take on the Houston Texans. Well, someone's got to get a win. Yeah, somebody's got to get a win here. So I'm gonna, hmm. <laughs> It's a tough one. This, is, this one's actually pretty difficult. Uh... Giants. You're going Giants? I'm going Texans on this one. I'm going to go Houston, and, and the reason I'm going Houston is I believe Watson kind of comes alive here. I think they're going to have some fun over there in, in Houston. 
Um, Packers and Redskins. Pats, Packers and Skins. This one um, is not tough to me. I'm going to go Packers. You're going Packers. I, I'm. You're, you're going to go Packers, and I'm okay with that. But I'm going to go Skins. And the reason I'm going Skins not just because I don't like the Packers, but I'm going Skins because I believe the Redskins' defense is is better than people to give them credit for. Um, I'm going Redskins on this one. I'm going for the upset. All right. That's my upset of the week. Um, next up, we got 49ers and Chiefs. Well, this depends on how much faith you have in certain players. Um, I'm going Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going Chiefs. I, I don't believe that Jim, I, you know, Jimmy G looked a little bit better this past week um, against a shoddy defense, though. Um, so, and, and the Chiefs actually, they've been bulldozing right ahead. I think Mahomes just keeps that, that gravy train rolling and, and lights the world on fire. You have Raiders and Dolphins. Raiders are 1-2, Dolphins 2-0, which surprises me. Yes. I think uh, I'm going Raiders. I'm going Dolphins on this one. I think they barely pull it out. Um, it, it's going to be another what-the-hell-happened type of performance. The Raiders' defense just isn't there. It's not there without Khalil Mack, and, and they, they don't look like the same team. Gruden is struggling. I'm going Dolphins going 3-0. and Wow. Yep. Uh, we got Colts and Eagles. Um, Eagles overwhelm. Yeah, I, the Eagles. You're, the Eagles. I'm not gonna say Eagles overwhelm. Luck can be that the Eagles overwhelm the offensive line. Right, and and the Eagles, um, they're they're a little pissed off coming off the loss here. I'm going Eagles. I, I think they're gonna they, they'll barely pull it out. They they haven't looked like the same Philadelphia Eagles that we saw, but I, I'm going Eagles here. Um, next up, we got a, a game that I like to call the landslide of the week. Uh, Jags and Titans. We're going Jags. I, I you'd be stupid not to. <clears throat> the the Jags just look. Uh, they they look good defensively, and and Blake Bortles last week coming off that monster week. I'm calling the Jags here. Um, Bengals and the Panthers. Now that's a wild one. Um, Bengals are two and zero right now. Panthers, who do you got, Tyler? Bengals. You got the Bungles over the Panthers. I'm going Carolina on this one. I think Christian McCaffrey has himself a big game. I don't think the Bengals will duplicate that performance from last week, so I'm going with the Panthers on this one. Um, here's a good defensive battle, Broncos and Ravens. Um, I'm going Ravens. I am also going the Ravens. I, I think uh... – as, as much as people don't like Joe, I think it just being a defensive battle. I think, uh, I think with the two great defenses, um, Joe stays a little, stays a lot more calm than Casey Keenan does in this case. Because they're, yeah. they're both gonna get hit, and, but Joe's gonna get the job done a bit better, a, a bit better than Keenum's gonna be. No, I think he's gonna be way better than Case Keenum is gonna oh, be. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't think Keenum has, has, um, you know. I, I don't think Keenum is is the guy over there, and I, I still don't think he's the guy over there. I think he's a lucky two and zero, kind of like the Dolphins, and, and I don't think he's going to survive. Um, Saints and Falcons. I'm going Falcons. You're going Falcons on this one. I'm going to go Saints, and I think Drew Brees is is going to be coming out hot. Um, the Falcons defense doesn't have; uh, uh, they're missing three Pro Bowlers on that defense right now. Um, so I, I believe that that uh, you're gonna you're gonna wind up seeing Drew Brees have himself a day. Um, Drew Brees comes out on top on that one. Um, Chargers and Rams. This is another another one of those uh, 
not quite as bad as the Vikings game, but it's to me it's still one-sided. I'm going with the Rams. Yep, I'm going Rams on that one. I think you almost have to. Uh, I mean, it, it, the Rams really have a legitimate shot at it, and and I hate to put it like this, but <clears throat> we, we they they actually have a legitimate shot at going undefeated. If they, I mean, they <laughs> yeah, they, they, there's teams that they're going to be taking on that look like they can be competitors, and and like the Vikings, and they, they're going to be taking on the Eagles, and, and the Eagles don't even look like a competitor now. I, I the Rams could go undefeated. I mean, this could be a scary, scary Rams team. So uh, we we got the Rams over the Chargers. Um, Bears versus Cardinals. Bears, Bears all day. Um, I I can't. <laughs> I, I can't even. <laughs> it's not even a question. Uh, Bears all day long. Um, next up, Cowboys and Seahawks. Kind of a toilet bowl game. Kind of a tough one. This is a toss up. It's a toss up toilet bowl game. Really. Um, I'm going Cowboys. Yeah, I'm gonna go Cowboys as well. I I think I don't think Russell Wilson has it together right now. No weapons. His receivers aren't performing well. Tyler Lockett has been the only guy that's been doing anything. Well, it, well, it, well their tight ends leading the league in tight ends. Yeah. Right now. I, mean, I mean, it's just, it's, this is a, a waste right here. I, I'm going Cowboys. I think Elliott runs all over him. The defense isn't what it used to be. They just lost Tom Johnson. Yeah. Cowboys all day. Um, next up, this is going to be a beating. Patriots and Lions live from Ford Field. I'm going Patriots. Tom Brady's pissed after the loss. He's going to tear it up. And, uh, it's in the spotlight, too. Yep, and Sunday night football. And then last but not least, Monday night football, Steelers and the Bucks. Which, in a way, is tough. Um, in, in a way, it is. I, I agree with you. Because you don't know which Fitz, Fitzpatrick's going to show up. Um, Buccaneers. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the guy who picks against them this week. I'm going to pick against them this week. I'm going Steelers. I, I think that... that uh, the uh, Big Ben is a little uh, pissed off about Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he's going to go, you know what? I'm taking my passing record, and I'm taking it back now. <laughs> so that's that's where we're at. Uh, Monday Night Football, I'm going Steelers. So uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are all done for this podcast. Um, wow, man, this one, this one rolled right through. Rolled right through, man. It felt really long, but it, it yeah. yeah, it was two hours. It was a little over two hours. Um, but uh, two-segment show this time. Uh, not as many breaks, man. We, we didn't get as many breaks. Um, special thanks to our wonderful, wonderful uh, producer, Jordan J. Scavone, the, uh, the writer of The Mud Princess and the writer of Be Mighty. Excellent children's author. You should check out his books. You can find them on Amazon. Um, I'd also like to take a sh- make a quick shout-out to our sponsor at It's Your Time Massage. Feel free to get yourself some massages at It's Your Time Massage. Tyler, we're all done with episode 12, and you know what this means, Tyler? What? That we have recorded three months' worth of material. It's been longer than three months. It's been, but it's, I'm going to call this like our three-month anniversary, because it's been 12 shows. Sure. It's our three-month anniversary, Tyler. Don't you love me anymore? <laughs> the hell? This is bullshit. Guy didn't even give me flowers or anything. Is this me a now? Yeah, a little bit. So uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Outside Blitz. Um, We'll be right back at you next week with uh, week three highlights. We're going to be enjoying um, hopefully some company from either Dylan Kelly or Josh Rigsby. I'm I'm, I'm missing these guys. Where where are they? We'll find out. Yeah, I'm, I'm like... 
Dylan and Josh, they need to be here. I'm hoping to get us back on Facebook again uh, next week as well. Uh, we didn't do our, our live Facebook broadcast, so the, the hope is that we'll be right back up there um, next week. Uh, but with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Outside Blitz. We will see you next week or hear from you next week if, or maybe see you on Facebook. I, I don't know. But we'll, we'll be here, you'll be hearing from us next week, uh, to recapping week three. We'll go over all over the league news. And uh, we'll have another edition of Tyler's Top Ten and uh, Freytown's uh, Forgetful, Dreadful, Awful Five. Um, so uh, with that, thank you very much for listening to us right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>